The following is a CSPN Media podcast presentation. Good evening, Rick. Would you believe it? It's, it's Dr. Doom. What's on your evil mind? Oh, you insulting tongue and mock my words. Well, how about this woman that you are the iron, Mr. Stark? Hello and welcome to another exciting episode of the Comic Book Chronicles. Yes, it is I, your host for the night, Rodicat, and you find me at Rodicat at Newsnews Need at Rodicat on Twitter, uh, CB Caps on Instagram, the CB uh, excuse me, Newsnews Needs Reddit, and yeah, pretty much it. And with me tonight, as always, the man behind the soundboard, the, our man in Brooklyn, eight underscore seventy on Twitter and Instagram. What's up, everybody? Diehard Mets fans unite. LFGM. <laughs> yeah, it's been seeing a lot of that from from you and a couple other people. I'm like, okay, calm down. Uh, and also with us tonight, Mister Pop Culture Network himself. PCN underscore dirt on Twitter, popculturenet on Twitter, popculturenetwork.com, and all of his umbrella sites. Okay. He's, for some strange reason, muted himself. He's showing off? Yes, he is. He is also showing off. <laughs> oh, oh, am I on? Is that, is that, I was I, I okay? All you need to say is, that, "Oh, hello! I didn't see you there." <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't realize this was live. Uh-huh. Right. <laughs> uh, if you are watching the video, you will know what he's uh, what he's uh, sharing with the class. Yes. Yes. What? <laughs> Some sort of contraband yes. book. I don't know. We don't. Yes, I, I was going to mention for those of for those of uh, for those of you who are listening via podcast, you are missing out a little bit uh, if you're not tuning into the uh, the YouTube feed um, at uh, via the Click Nation. And um, I would also mention that we are still working out a lot of the bugs and gremlins in our system in our move over to Lightstream, but I think we're getting a lot closer. But we got most of them worked out, and thankfully that should be apparent in this video. We've got switching is going going straight, the audio is straight. When we do the news section, it's all mostly gravy. Uh, and with that, Tim D O G G nine eight on Twitter, who's not with us tonight, but also with Spirit. In Spirit, he is with us. Uh, we can, you can find him at that on Twitter, on the CB Cron on Twitter, uh, the Click Nation on Twitter. That's D K L I Q N A T I O N. And I'm going to drop the side. Just stream output thing because that's distracting. Um, uh, Theclicknation.com and also comic book resources where he's over there writing his face off. So go check him out over there while we do this over here. Um, hopefully he will be back with us at some point. But you know, you got you got priorities, you got things going on. Um, that being the case, you can find this here. Wonderful podcast on the Coastal of the Podcast Network. That's CSPN.us. Do it today. You'll be joining us soon and all that kind of good mess. We should definitely recount the story of that one of these days. Hopefully we'll have Classic on and we'll we'll do that all up. Maybe even Tim and Dick Eclectic. I don't know. We'll 
have a reunion. Well, that would be a lot of fun. Yeah, really. Um, you know, he's kind of hard to get. He's all mysterious on and all that. But whatever, shout out to the collected. Um, you can also subscribe to this here pro podcast program. He's a podcast also on Google Play, Apple iTunes, aka Apple Podcasts, although they're getting rid of iTunes, so that's probably going to be another thing in it for a while. Um, Spotify and the Cole Slither Podcast Network SoundCloud page. <laughs> And with that, folks, we will be getting into the books of the week. And we're going to start off with the aforementioned Powers of Ten, a.k.a. Powers of X, for those, you know, really in the know. <laughs> number two. Right. So Powers of X, number two, is uh, coming right off the heels of House... Powers of Ten, number two, <laughs> is coming right off the heels of House of X, because this is how I wanted to start is coming off of the heels of the reveal in House of X number two that, spoiler alert, for those of you who are still a little bit behind, in in House of X number two last week, it was revealed that Moira McTaggart has been a mutant all along. And exactly. And um, the effects of that reveal... Uh, continue to be felt in uh, Powers of Ten number two this week. And we see how uh, this particular uh, storyline sort of uh, sort of comes to pass because of the knowledge that, uh, that Moira McTaggart, uh, as a result of her mutant ability, is able to bring to, uh, to, to this incarnation of herself. And everything moves forward from there. So... Um, you know, this issue contains a lot of word, world building. Um, it establishes a lot of what has happened and what can happen. And it actually incorporates more of the obscure and distant X-Men references that some of the longtime fans will recognize. Like there are elements of the Phalanx Covenant in here. There are elements of... Uh, uh, that's the that's the one that absolutely comes to mind as a as a as a as a reference. So also, um, we've seen uh, Master Mold, but one of the older incarnations of a future X Men, a possible future of the X Men, involves the Nimrod Sentinel, and that is a, a, a big aspect of this story as well. So all in all, uh, this was an okay. Um, uh, installment of the House of X slash Powers of Ten, um, you know, kind of dual miniseries. Um, it's not as earth shaking or as uh, earth, you know, world changing, right? Right, as, right, uh, right, or as world changing as the as House of X number two. Yeah. So, yeah, this is this is this issue of Powers of Ten is definitely a lot more filling in some of the blanks and and building up the world as we as, as it has as it has come to be as a result of the reveal of um Moira McTaggart's uh, mutant ability. So, here's my question. I kind of already know the answer to this and it's really a, a non-question cuz obviously it's not, but um because we can basically say Moira set all of this stuff in motion wouldn't that make her the de facto leader of the of of all this whole thing, with the exception of not actually doing any of the you know, making the heart menu of the hard churches? 
because she's really the one that's pretty much setting this stuff in, in, in motion by giving the information that she gave to Charles and Magneto and probably anybody else who comes along. Right. It turns into more of a triumvirate more than it ever has been. Right. It was more of a duality with uh, Xavier and Magneto being the, the yin and the yang. But now there's much more of a three-way uh, uh, three dragon head for the head of the X-Men. Sure. And there was something in the, going back. Much here. more King Ghidorah. <laughs> there you go. Which man? That's a nice reference right there. Because shout out to MF Doom. Um, yeah, that was the only thing. I think we pretty much exhausted that. Because the only other thing I was thinking about something I was thinking about after we talked last week about um, House of X, and I'm, and I think I said on Twitter was that you know, I wouldn't be surprised in some way somehow that Moira ends up being Destiny. Since she since she, she kind of since she's kind of showed up and seems to know everything that needs to know about you know Myra and her subsequent lives, including how to snuff them out. It's an interesting. It's an interesting. Uh, I don't. I don't bit. think it's going to play out, but it seems like it wouldn't be surprised if that was the case. Or right. It's definitely. It's definitely a way to incorporate the power into what we've seen before. Right. Because how else would Destiny have known? Yeah. Like yeah. Okay. She's a mutant. That the season that we've had those in the past. Hey, remember that one. Inhuman that we had that was supposedly saw the future. Where'd that dude go? Right. But anyway, that that was just a, me pondering some stuff. So yeah, powers of ten number two. That's pretty much. I really don't have anything else to 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 add to that really because yeah, what it is, what it is, and if we see anything this, out of it, does this feel like Hickman's love letter to the X Men, or does it feel like uh, let's throw everything at the wall and see what sticks? Probably a little bit of both, but. More probably the former than the latter, though. Yeah, I, de- I definitely agree with that. I think it definitely is a, a love letter to the X Men, but I'm. I think there is, uh, I think in in Hickman's mind, there's a pretty clear end result that he's going towards. So, and plus, usually in such such love letters, I would like to believe. Like, granted, we've got a lot of things thrown at us at this point. And there's been there's some cuts as we mentioned before the show, you know, that have come up here. There would be a lot more thrown at us. Like it'd be like say, one way or another, like a Rosenberg run, where it's like, hey, almost every '90s reference kind of just pops up, or '90s villain kind of just ends up popping up. So one way to say, hey, remember this person? They're back, and da 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 da. Right, and now they're dead. Right, or something. That's so sort of. Yeah, that's we, sort we're, of. We're not getting that kind of stuff in this, but right. who's to say that won't happen at you know during this whole course because. You know, we still have a bunch of issues of these two uh, separate miniseries. So. Right. And shout out to uh, R.B. Silva, uh, Adriano Di Benedetto, and Marte Gracia on art, uh, on on uh, pencils, ink, and uh, color, respectively. Yes, exactly. Yeah, they're doing some, they're doing, you know, like, uh, you know, high level stuff on the, on these books. Mm-hmm. And speaking of books that that are that are are at a high level, let's get to our next one, which is uh, Fantastic Four number thirteen. Wait, is this the weed issue? Is that why it's on a high level? Oh no! No, we're we're. A I mean, months. we're not like Mike Tyson over here running, you know, smoking through forty <laughs> grand a weed a day. That's about to, we're we're a couple of months and a few hours away from 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 where that's applicable, but. Um, <laughs> um, right. So just to, set, to reset the stage, yes. um, in the last issue, 
um, Ben Grimm and Alicia Masters Grimm are on their honeymoon. And what happens? Yeah, shenanigans of a superhero short because you can't have a book where where <laughs> where people just kind of go and you know have a good time and let it go. We're also um, running up against a time because it just so happens that uh, Ben will be able to become human, or at least as of last issue in twenty four hours while they're on their honeymoon. But of course, shenanigans happen uh, in the form of a classic battle for all the ages. And you can right. pretty much guess who that is, where is the thing and a certain other uh, emerald giant where it has, happens to come in. Uh, what we find out, what we find out, though, is that, um, well, the, the, the battle is not without, I wouldn't say, I don't want to give too much over it because this is what it is as far as them two battling. But, you know, so, so the help comes in battle. but a lot of yeah. yeah, there's a lot of great little uh, moments in this, and that's really where this issue shines. Right. Um, so first you find off, out there's more to the battle than than just them battling, that there's an outside right. force, but it's an outside force that only has partial control, apparently. Right. Well, the issue the issue really shines in, in as I was mentioning, in some of the smaller moments mm-hmm. um, and some of the asides. First off, uh, the thing admits wholeheartedly that the Hulk is stronger. Yeah, and it's right away. But as Roddy Cat mentioned, um, the Hulk in his current immortal state is kind of a weird. It's kind of a weird scenario because we understand that um, the the Hulk is under the influence of an outside force in this, who is not a stranger to the Fantastic Four or to uh, or to uh, Ben Grimm and Alicia Masters. So mm-hmm. that's a big hint right there for any of you guys in uh, with the, with any sort of. Uh, knowledge of uh, fantastic four history and canon um oh and another little note that happens to come out with with that little pairing we found out that something that happened which we knew was going to come up at some point there was a secret that was and i want to say kept that did never brought never got brought up from when uh ben and alicia uh right before they got married basically right 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 involves uh, it involved uh uh pre-proposal yes issue. So and that little wrinkle happened to come out, but apparently doesn't didn't seem to, or at least not at this point, seem to mean anything or go anywhere. Right. That the ultimate resolution of that story point might not yet be uh, might not that, get, come for a while. Right. Well, or they'll get to it next next issue before whatever happens then. Oh, right. And he brings out the shades, ladies and gentlemen. Right. So uh, as I mentioned in the in the in the. In the if you're watching the video, you can see what what, uh, what <laughs> the, the shades that that uh, dirt's rocking. Terminator exit, <laughs> and um, yeah, I got to pull up the audio on that. Um, the uh, the the art on this cannot be overlooked. Uh, it's Sean uh, Isaacs or Azaxi, um, who is just doing bang up bang up work on this. The battle scenes are absolutely legit. Um, the fight choreography is, you know, second to none in terms of a, a thing Hulk brawl. Uh, you know, there's some uh, actual combat, you know, uh, hand-to-hand, like, uh, uh, mixed martial art combat moves that actually get drawn in, which is kind of cool. Yeah. Um, 
and, and there's, uh, there's if you, and there's the amount of subsequent body damage that you normally well you don't really see that often from the thing but when you do see it it's um it was kind of jarring for me for this because you knew like it says like clearly he's got a rocket form but it's like well what's underneath that well we kind of get to see kind of right <laughs> right you have to be of a certain vintage to remember when wolverine took his claws to the thing and he had to wear that mask for a while right uh, uh i'm sure all of us remember that or at least remember seeing that that uh those covers in the the early 90s right or so. even you know uh ben's fights with you know the thing previously or someone like say you know someone else like gladiator or somebody that you know back in his uh ucw days or whatever right so it was uh, that that I, I definitely uh, I, I sympathize with that point of view because it was on the more jarring side. I think this is a more um, uh, this might be a more modern approach to the way the thing is built. Mm. Yeah, that's that's what it seems like. Because it's like okay, well, clearly this stuff had never really been brought up to this extent before. Because it's like okay, wow, he gets badly hurt this one issue, and then the next issue, I was like, now nah, he's fairly back to normal. You know, in this one, this they're looking like they're taking the moment to say that now nah, this is going to take a minute, possibly mm-hmm. unless they pushed some time forward a little bit, which, but we don't know. Um, and also, hey, vibranium was the savior. That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> it wasn't said, but it was implied. Well, it was definitely implied, and it was kind of nice that they that uh, uh, it was a new wrinkle mm-hmm. to, uh, or, to or a new battle. wrinkle. Ha ha. Oh no! Yes, right. And we also get at the at the very end, we we, we get a little bit of a comeuppance for the uh, the outside force that was oh yes, uh, hand that was uh, doing what he was doing to the Immortal Hulk. Yes, so. if you if you are following, and all you pretty much have to say is Immortal Hulk, and this person had a whole talk. And if you've yeah. been paying attention to Immortal Hulk, you kind of know where that went. You, that's got to go. So, and we got to see some of that <laughs> splash damage at the end of it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so this was a, a great issue. Like I said, whether whether that other little wrinkle is going to actually come out in something because it didn't really, while rightfully didn't you know happen while it was going on here. And actually, also Alicia kind of saved the day. Well, pretty much saved the day on, on a couple of different fronts. So. It was a good issue. It was also kind of sad because, yeah, because of the fight and things didn't exactly go like the plan. Well, it goes the way it's planned for superhero books, but it doesn't go the way the plans to where the 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 um, right honeymoon honeymoon, yeah, honeymoon plans get kind of ruined. Yes, so. as tend to happen in Cape's books. So. Right. Yeah, as, as as Roddy may have mentioned, um, this was a great book, and this actually is a potential click of the week Thanks. choice for myself. Mm-hmm. So that being the case, um, hey, Dirt, did you have a book? Did you want to put put out there? Nah. All right. Then. <laughs> <laughs> well then. Um, no, we'll 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 grab one here. How about uh, Detective? Oh, okay. Was it one oh one one oh three or ten oh three? Yeah, one oh three. What? No, it's one thousand nine. Nine. Okay, I'm sorry, I'm a little, a little off. Um, but yeah, so I I was thrown a little off by the uh, the cover because the cover on it um, mentions uh, 
Dr. Freeze. And Mr. He, Freeze. Mr. Freeze. Dr. Freeze now? Yeah, I, I don't know. I was looking at Dr. Pepper here for a second. Um, <laughs> but Mr. Freeze, but Mr. Freeze only appears in like this epilogue for a couple pages at the end. So he's not really in the story itself. But um what we get is Deadshot. Uh, which is cool. Uh, I, Deadshot is apparently, I guess he left the Suicide Squad. I don't know. I haven't been reading that one. Um, but he's back to being just a regular villain uh, out on the loose. Um, so we get some fun stuff with uh, him making an appearance. We get um, we get more of Alfred forcing Bruce Wayne to be Bruce Wayne. Um, and then Bruce Wayne just being kind of annoying uh, in order to make people not want to spend time around him, it looks like. So in order to, you know, he, he makes the appearance at Wayne Enterprises, and then he does a bunch of stuff that's going to make everybody just kind of annoyed at him for a long time. So they'll stop asking him to come to stuff, you know. Um, and so that was kind of fun. Uh, but it leads into this whole, you know, big mess at the end. And, of course, not giving anything away. It, it's it's just a lot of fun. It's a lot of action. You get someone like Deadshot, you know, there's going to be a lot of uh, crazy action stuff going on there. Ends on a cliffhanger. Uh, it was just a, a, a lot of fun. Uh, to read the issue, especially with the way uh, Alfred is picking on Bruce uh, throughout this issue and, uh, you know, kind of making fun of him in a couple spots and forcing him to go out and be Bruce for a while, uh, which, you know, of course, leads into the hijinks uh, later with Deadshot. So it's a good issue. And it's also a fine if you haven't read Batman in a long time, you're not really familiar. You could pick this one up and it's a perfect point to jump on. You don't really need to know anything that's come before. You know enough of the basic stuff about Bruce in the Batcave and Alfred and Wayne Enterprises, and and off you go. So, right. I was gonna, yeah. Yeah, go ahead. Um, just finish up. I didn't want to interrupt. Because well, no, I was just going to say it's just it makes it really nice uh, every so often to have an issue like this where someone who they like, ah, oh, I want to read something, but you know, it's like, well, you don't want to go back several years, seventy five issues to try to catch up on what's going on in tom king's book there's no good jumping on point for that in fact i don't even think the first issue is a good jumping on point for the story he's laid out but uh but yeah this is this is the perfect spot for someone to just jump in and get a fresh story i'm inclined to agree with that uh i actually skimmed this book and i'm glad you reminded me of the last few pages of the uh of the book that had uh, mr freeze in it because i was like wait i didn't finish this oh wait i almost did it was like three pages left and um I wanted to to note that this definitely felt a lot like, you know, for 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 those of a certain vintage and for those of you who can uh, watch this on uh, DC Universe, it felt a lot like a Batman the Animated Series episode uh because of uh, who can, uh because of Alfred trying to uh get uh Bruce to be you know be be uh be more sometimes more tactful about hiding his batman um persona by actually living a little bit and 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 putting himself out there so that no one's uh no one's suspicious about why he never comes in during the day um i also wanted to mention that uh the mr freeze bit at the end um is a cliffhanger and we're not 100% sure how uh after three pages um it warrants a cover appearance right so, <laughs> it's kind of it's kind of confusing as, as as i think dirt was getting at well i wonder it's it's uh, i'm sure you'll talk about it later maybe talk about it last week but the superman supergirl covers uh you know this week they they had to 
the, the covers had absolutely nothing to do with the story inside. They were solicited so long ago. They got the artist to draw them so long ago and put in the lineup. And now by the time they've actually gotten there, the story is not where they thought it was going to be. So right. uh, the information it was wrong. The artwork was wrong. And I'm wondering if it's one of those things where maybe they thought at this point they'd be at a different spot. Like maybe next month, maybe next month is going to be a much, you know, bigger focus hmm. uh, on Mr. Freeze. So maybe right. not quite there yet, but he's still in the book. So they just went ahead and went with it, even though it's it's not right. quite. There, Which is but. not the first time that that's happened in the book or specifically recently has happened in the book where the covers doesn't necessarily have to do anything with, with what's going on, on the inside. It's just one that they're kind of taking note of and doing something about. Sure. And also the whole year of the villain thing. I'm like, how does this fit in? Right. So... You know, because uh, I know Dirt is not you know, isn't um, tracking what's happening in the the Tom King uh, main Batman book, but you oh, know, no, I, I still buy it. I just don't like it. Oh, okay. So, so, <laughs> so <buying>. wow. Um, <laughs> right. So Bane. So Bane is in control of Gotham City. So wait. So how does that work with all the stuff that Batman's doing at the beginning of this issue? Right. You know. Yeah. Um... Like how how you know like everything that he's doing you know and the notes that he's leaving which is mad Spider Man ish you know, um, you know he's like they're gonna confess don't worry I'm like wait that doesn't matter in Bane's Gotham City you know, you know <laughs> so yeah you, you just have to assume that this is happening at, at some different time and probably after it's you so know weird. Yeah. Uh, because Tom King's book oh, right before. Oh. Well, yeah, but Tom King's book is so. Oh, it 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 steals the character from everywhere else. The stuff that Tom King's doing in his Batman run doesn't jive with anything that's happened in Justice League in the last year. Doesn't jive with anything going on in Detective. Uh, I don't know about Batman and the Outsiders, um, but with that one being delayed and everything, I have a good feeling that it's not tying in real close with what's happening there either. Um, plus Batman's in event Leviathan, which right. has nothing to do with what's going on in Tom King's book. So Tom King's book has just become like its own little universe there. It's, it's whatever happening there is great, but it's not really affecting the rest of the DC universe. So it's like right. a Bendis book. Great. Ah, kind of. Uh, did anybody well, read event Leviathan? I was going to ask, cause yeah, did you, did you read it? I, I have it, but I haven't read it. Mm. Uh, you're not missing anything. I'm sure. Do you I'm want sure. to get into it? Or save it. Sorry, because all I had to say about it is a whole heck of a lot of nothing happens. It's really a whole heck of a lot of nothing. Although, correct me if I'm wrong, right? But this is the one that has the Vic Sage question in it. Yes. Yeah. Which what? Because how does that work? And yeah, in... and I believe, and I believe Renee Montoya is running around in Lois's book. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She because she showed up in in that one. So mm-hmm. it's like, what? Like, where's this even? And I don't know if this has to do with the whole like doomsday clock, you know, and the timelines have been thrown off with the publishing delays and you know stuff like that. And I, you know, who knows, whatever. But it's just uh, something's wrong in the editorial offices at DC where people aren't talking to each other, which is fine sometimes, you know, to let let the writers tell the stories that they want to tell and not worry so much about everything being tied together. But when you get to a point where it's like a year or so into these storylines and they, they in no way fit with each other because what happens in justice league and detective don't necessarily interact, but they don't counteract each other. 
Um, but there's no way that the Batman in Tom King's book is running around with Jaro sitting on his shoulder calling him son. You know what I mean? It's like that. Like those those books just do not cross over in any way, shape, or form. Right, right. And well, well, and at large, we don't really know what the timeline of what's going on in Justice League is anyway, given what's what's all going on in there. So yeah, I don't know. And not to beat this dead horse, but like like you kind of mentioned, like is Doomsday Clock actually screwing up everything for for a lot of other books, regardless of you know all of that. You know. Can it even be fixed at this point? Right. So, and that's a question that uh, AT and T might be answering very soon. Oh, jeez. Ah! Yeah, that's that's about true. Um, well, there's no quick save. For, okay, so for one. anyone that doesn't doesn't understand the reference, AT and T's corporate conglomerate group now owns the Time Warner Warner Brothers uh, group, which now which owns DC Comics. Warner Media has owned it for. 40 years now, whatever, and now they're looking at the very small profits and very slim margins coming out of actually the DC publishing branch, and uh, right, I don't know. Including a lot of people are uh, not betting on that being good news in the long run. Because yeah. they, why would they care, you know? It's like, you, we got the TV and the movies, do we really need to print the stuff that people aren't buying? Well, yeah. If some were saying if that stuff with Mad is in, uh, Mad Magazine is any indication of where things could possibly go, that's that, that's a thing. Or it, it almost happened once before. Maybe you'll have Marvel doing all the DC books and the Marvel books. So we'll get another crossover again. Yay! <laughs> or just one giant universe. Eh, I don't know if I'd want that or not. <laughs> Ooh. I mean, the, it's the differences between the. Well, you know what. To be honest, they may as well be because they do some of the same stuff in, on both sides. Like you get one event here, and then and the next event on the other side is pretty much that same event, or but their version. So they could have future foundation accidentally unravel the universe, tap into the multiverse at the same time. Doomsday clock ends, everything flips and squashes on each other, and when they wake up, it's the amalgam universe, and they just go from there. So, <laughs> so okay, so no, that brings up something, actually. Speaking of some situation like that, Doctor Strange number 17. Um, this could have been the end of this book. We know this book is ending in 20. That's been going but, on for a couple of issues. Exactly. Like, that, And I said it in my notes. It's like, wait, this is the second time this book could have potentially ended on a relatively high note. Well, with, except for what happens at the end of this with, with uh, something that happens with Steven. But right. regardless. There's a, bit of a down, there, there's a bit of a down note, and I even wrote in that uh, we find out that uh, Mephisto, Mephisto cashes in uh, uh, his chips, and he's kind of a jerk. Yeah, he cut him deep. He cut he cut Steven's cookie as deep as he probably could, arguably, right. without oh. actually doing something to him. But so, but in the course Dr. of this. Dr. Strange is ending at 20, and then there's right. an annual. Right. right, yeah. Like I said, we we've known that for solicitors and whatnot. But but that being said, like this, like there's been a couple of issues, like this issue and probably maybe one the or last two issue back. and the issue before. Yeah, where the, the book did, if, if the book had ended, it'd been like, all right, yeah, that's satisfying, great, cool. This one is is the same thing because so essentially, as tends to happen, has happened a couple of times in the last few years. The universe gets remade again. 
I get like I said, and I, and I stress that because we've had Secret Wars, we've had these other little like the Fantastic Four going around, well they were going around and remaking the whole multiverse. Right, Franklin, and, right, Franklin was creating uh, galaxies and, and 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 whatnot left and right. Right, and I believe what it was was a Silver Surfer or something. There's, there's been a couple of times where hey, the, the universe could be un, unmade by something that happens in in this book, and this is uh, another one of those, and this happens, and now Doctor Strange has been tasked through some machinations and you know the powers that be uh to remake the universe again and put everything basically back the way it was and there's and as i say in my notes there's some weird in-game vibes going on with this yes yeah there were definitely some there was some timey-wimey stuff Mm -hmm. for those of you who have uh, watched both the uh in-game um uh, which one call it? Um, honest trailers, and if you sat through the director's commentary, they also use this term "timey wimey," which is a Doctor, Doctor Who term. So right yeah. to defeat to defeat the cause of this whole um, cosmic space story, uh, this cosmic magic uh, storyline, so, and that's that Zola's character that we saw um, way back at the beginning of this story arc. Right. So basically, they everything in the last few issues essentially didn't happen. Um, where so everything that happened didn't happen and and got cut off at the source. So if you picture that that um, conversation with the ancient one and and Banner in Endgame, where they spun off the timeline, you can kind of say that happened, except for the way they try to explain it here, it did and it didn't. So basically, everything is back the way it was, except for this one little wrinkle that that pretty much unmade everything in, in the first place. So. There could be some sort of what if somewhere down the line. I, I, I doubt it, but you know, for right now, we have this. And as a as a consequence of that, because magic has always a price. Uh, but in this case, I don't think that has yet to be determined. Uh, but the price, as Agent Seventy said earlier, the price that um, uh, Stephen comes to bargain with Mephisto comes to get cashed quickly. And right. leaves, it wasn't uh, the it wasn't the price of magic, but it was actually the price right. of a certain bit of, bit of help that Mephisto actually provides during the story. Or um, nudges. He he claimed he didn't do anything, but just kind of nudges. But yeah, right. So uh, just as a quick aside, I have never ever shout out to Chris Jericho watched an episode of Doctor Who. So come at me, y'all. Come at me right here at Asian <laughs> underscore seventy on Twitter and Instagram. It's it's, it's never funny. watched Doctor Who. It's I tried to watch it; it was terrible. I so, look. I've been watching Doctor Who for well. I watched Doctor Who when I was little, and Fourth Doctor always, you know, always forever. And I've watched some of the new stuff. Some of the new stuff are it's actually some good stuff in it, but you know, it's not for everybody. So that means it. I'm. Yeah, I, I. That's why I knew that term you mentioned, and it sure. just come out of the air. So I just, yeah, I, I'm just, I'm more, more than happy to acknowledge that is a, a gigantic, but I don't care about it blind spot in my, in, in my nerd fandom and knowledge. So, um, although, uh, if you are interested, yeah, um, we you. do have a review copy of Doctor Strange uh, 18 that I just uploaded yeah, to I the. Saw that. Ooh. Yeah, we'll have to check out uh, some behind the scenes. Sorry, folks, you, you don't get to that. Um, <laughs> so if you want to see where it's going, you can read the next issue. We are reviewers after all. So yeah, I mean, okay. the adventure is going to happen when it, when it actually comes out. So, But yeah, we'll have to, have to deal with that. But 
that's pretty much it for for that issue. Like I said, uh, the second time now maybe the, those couple of the, the, there's something else that's going to come together in these last couple, and it's all going to pay out in an extra big way. I at this point I'm not seeing it because like I said, you had two pretty good endings, but you know we'll we'll see what's what's. It's almost as if it's like, okay, well, no, we're going to go ahead and just finish it at 20, so we need you to kind of do some things to go... Or or one of the situations like, okay, no, we're going to end it here. Oh, wait, now we're going we're gonna to give you a couple more issues, so end it here. Oh, but wait, which I, I would like to believe they wouldn't do, because that's just painful. But, and, okay, no, finally, you know what, we'll just give you 20, and, and you can go ahead and finish out there. And he already had this other stuff in the wind. I, I, I kind of, I don't know. I mean, maybe I'm just being cynical, but I, I kind of think like if they're doing anything, they're setting up where it'll end at a point so they can relaunch the book with a brand new number one. Oh, yeah. I mean, where, quite possible. Oh, some great changes happened, you know, and so then it's like two months later and then the, you got brand new number one. Right. Oh, yeah. But I normally we would have heard about that by now because every time they've, and that's not saying they still couldn't do it, but I mean, the last couple of times it's been relaunched and than we've kind of seen about it before now. Maybe. And there may be something about it that takes place because of some other story that hasn't happened yet. Right. right. Or they're just trying to get uh, some bo- some issues in the can um, ahead of time so that they can uh, publish it on a timely basis. So hmm. that's, that's uh, you know, just as likely a reason to hold off on an announcement. Or i'm just thinking that maybe they're tapped out for a strip talk to strange right now because let's face it, you got aaron's run which is a great run you had uh um cases Kate. run you know and uh and all the subsequent people who kind of filled in in between that maybe those are the only couple of people that actually had something to say yeah and this is just it for a minute that's possible too yeah yeah yeah, yeah. but just because no one has a story to tell doesn't mean they're not going to publish a book oh well yeah that is <laughs> that is sadly also true <laughs> um <laughs> But hey, we will see if anything pans out for for any of those speculations. <laughs> um, and we will go on to I think. Well, I, we're almost pretty much What's at next. Rapid fire. Unless you want to, you want to throw out the spider books before we do rapid fire, or you want to do rapid fire and just hit them. Um, I mean, we could talk about the the two related spider books, unless um, uh, Dirt had a book that he wanted to throw out there. Yeah, because I know his. Uh, I, I mean, I can do it as a as a rapid fire because it's my okay. Clip. Yeah. All right. All right. So we'll talk. So what we're going to talk about is something that um, we we both noticed uh, happening this week, which is which starts with Friendly Neighborhood Spider-Man number ten. So this is the uh, the resolution to what has been uh, kind of a uh, the overarching story in Friendly Neighborhood uh, Spider-Man, dealing with the introduction of um, the rumor and, you know, I heard a rumor that she has a villain that uh, is named Helminth. And uh, this issue uh, uh, features how Helminth is finally defeated after um, Spidey uh, goes to get help in a, in a form that's not quite what you expect. Right. Even, even to to that form (laughs) coming into it. Right. Because Helminth isn't exactly your classic, um, super villain because he doesn't have the uh, the classic tropes of um, uh, a, a super villain scheme, and that's where this alternate way of combating him comes in. Um, also, we fu- we find out that um, 
we we kind of get a resolution to the 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 sub the the subplot of uh, Hobie Brown and uh, his prowler identity in this issue and giving that character a new direction uh, to go in um, uh, as uh, the Spider-Man stories move forward. So uh, that is going to be touched upon in the next Spidey book that we talk about. Right. I'm just going to put in here because this is going to come up again in a, uh, in a book I read. And you may have read it too. I'm not sure. But anyway, um, so the help that um, Spidey initially gets is Tony Stark. But it's not Iron Man that he needs. It's Tony Stark in, in his in his uh, money and lawyers, lawyers and accountants. Yes, an army of lawyers and accountants, which I'm sure one of us in the panel can appreciate. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so yeah, he, he they basically we need more accountants up. for spreadsheets. They're good at spreadsheets. Yes, so <laughs> so basically, uh, Spidey and, and company wins today by an army of lawyers. So that's that's. While that is spoiling things, you should definitely see it if you're interested and see how that plays out because it's it's amusing. Um, and like I said, the Hopi Brown stuff. And getting to the next book, uh, Miles Morales Spider-Man number nine, we see another version of the Prowler come come back into play, and that would be well, technically the ultimate version in uh, Uncle Aaron, um, aka you know Miles's uncle, uh, where uh, Aaron Brown and and JD. Uh, I guess his last name is Brown, right? Wait, no, wait, sorry. Um, what is JD's last name? It's, it's David. Davis. Excuse me. Um, Aaron Davis. It's not. It's not right. Aaron Brown. Um, I'm thinking, right. still thinking of Hobie, but it's Aaron Davis and JD Davis or Jefferson Davis, which that's right. still that's a stupid ass name. Um, yeah. for him. So, so Miles is missing, and and yeah. and they're. I mean, you hope that's ironic, but it may not. Well, be. they're. Well, it, that was Bendis. That's all I'm gonna say about that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so yeah, JD and Rio are upset, and so is apparently Aaron, and they um, and you have the brothers Davis going after Miles because uh, Aaron's underworld connections found out where he is, and apparently he's still somewhere on Earth. And they found him, and as brothers tend to do, even though who they fight, and there's a big exposition all the way through by JD uh, during the whole thing, which ends up being touching, especially at the end of the um, at the end of the story. They find, you know, spoiler alert, they find Miles because next issue we know Miles is pretty much bringing back the uh, Ultimate Universe anyway, some kind of way, uh, or supposedly starting to. Um, but you know, they find Miles and they recover him, and they come to. A nice little connection, you know, or more of a bond than they've had in, I guess, recent years between the two brothers, you know, through Miles. Right. So big picture, uh, my only notes on this was that, you know, as we move from what happened in Friendly Neighborhood with the the kind with the 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 passing of the torch of the Prowler. Um, yeah. on to, uh, to, to, to the ultimate character who is now inhabiting the, uh, the, the, the mainstream uh, 616. Or more like or re-inhabiting. Well, universe, right? Yeah, re-inhabiting in a sense, but yes, definitely inhabiting in this universe. Right. And, yeah, exactly. That's what I mean in this universe because now, um, you know, he's uh, not continuing his old continuity. Mm-hmm. Um, now we're really getting in sync with the, uh, with the former ultimate continuity and the spider-verse movie right so I was gonna have, that. thank you right so now we have a matching set yep um i feel like even though this has nothing to do with those other two books um let's go ahead and do amazing just to kind of finish that off all right 
So we have Amazing Spider-Man number 27. Um, in where Boomerang gets Spidey into a good bit of trouble. Um, you know, the, the syndicate has found... Well, the syndicate and poor Be- Feast that gets in the way all the time gets wrecked. Which Aunt May... <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen Aunt May go on a side note curse before. As she does in this book. Or, she's like Captain America. She's been around long enough where she's just giving up. Yeah, she's like she's, she's seen a lot of stuff, and it's just, it's just like, oh man. She's um, like, nah, enough with this language stuff. Yeah, yeah, and you know, I, I thought about that when when she did that. I was like, oh, language. But anyway, so the the, the syndicate, the newly formed sinister the version of the Sinister Six, aka the syndicate, aka the the, the female syndicate, but I don't think anybody's going to call it that. Um, have found Fred Myers and they have their beef with him for various reasons, with the exception of one who just likes violence. Uh, and a scuffle happens, and we come to find out that uh, these ladies are organized quite well and they get what they come after. Uh, much to the dismay of um, Spidey. Yeah, to the surprise and dismay. Right. So, who gets caught by the surprise? Who gets caught by the person she, who's inadvertently caught by the person uh, who's helping? them by the way like gets caught up in something that the person that helped them uh, messed up with so um yeah so the syndicate gets gets boomerang for the various reasons but apparently as wants to happen the leader of the syndicate that in beetle has a couple of surprises up her, up her sleeve because you know they have a nice little tete-a-tete uh with what to do with them and there's a little point with uh one of the the um syndicate aka electro you know, kind of gets a turn at bat for something, or seemingly, but then the beater kind of turns around and like, she's got another deal in place and goes off to this other meeting to which we find out uh, where she goes at the beginning of, of the end of this book. And if you know anything about what's going on in Amazing, you know that Peter has two roommates, uh, one of them being the aforementioned Boomerang and the other one being uh, Randy Robertson's son, and uh no, that's Randy Robertson. Right Randy sorry, Robertson. Sorry, it is Randy Robertson. Robertson. Right, Robert Robertson's son. Excuse me, sorry. Um and that person has a rendezvous with a person that we just mentioned without going any further. Exactly. Right. So just uh just wanted to add yeah, I just wanted to add just in broad strokes, this is Spencer incorporating more of his favorite villains into mm-hmm. amazing. And um, you know, uh uh, Spidey just ends up in the middle of everything, so it's it's an interesting uh, story so far because it's giving some light and some shine to these. Let's let's. I'm being very 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 generous when I say D and E list characters who, who are showing up in this book um, and giving them well, a lot you more. Said shine. that about the other versions of these characters. Right, but these are even more. These are even lower on the rung because they're just newer, so they they're receiving a lot more uh, uh, shine uh, in in this incarnation of the syndicate. So it's kind of uh, fun, especially with the um, with the with the title of this particular arc of who runs the world. So I, I kind of got a kick out of that. Right. But yeah, that was that was a definitely a, a, another fun read for the week. Um, and with that, I guess we are move uh, as we tend to do into some rapid fire, spinning it up. Mm, 
All right. So I'll finish up what I've got. I may have some uh, crossover with what you've got, Roddy. Uh, um, Invaders number eight. Uh, this is an extremely good issue that helps clear up what we've been reading so far. It kind of uh, fills in a lot of the blanks, and we now better understand the overall scheme and how we've gotten to this point. So it's a pretty important issue uh, with regards to understanding how we've gotten to this point. So I definitely recommend this. This is actually another potential click of the week. I was just looking at my notes. I didn't finish typing them. Um, uh, we talked about Powers of Ten, uh, Silver Surfer, Black Number Three, I think Roddy Cat read. And yep. uh, my only notes is just that uh, as um, we saw in issue number two of the series, Ego, the living planet, is on the scene. And in this issue, we find out that Ego may provide a solution to the surfer's null, K-N-U-L-L, problem, hmm. but it may be more than what is necessary. Right, and I like how there's a, well, two couple of things. One, there's a there's a interesting use of the board here, and I like how the surfer's like, look, I'm not using this uh, to gain, to you know, to, to, to get you to help me, but will you help me after I do this thing that I've already just done for you, the situation? Um... It was it was quite interesting. I'm like, well, how is the person supposed to answer that? <laughs> so, anyway. And that's it for you, right? Uh, yeah, because we covered everything else. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, going on that, Mark. Uh, Silver Surfer, the Prodigal Son, number one. So, we... There was a... There was another book, and it's been a few months before, called uh, Fences for the Prodigal Son. We knew it was going to, it's basically like those kind of one-shots that kind of connect, like they've been doing the last couple of years, um, where in the Fantastic Four dealt with this person from outer space named Prodigal, which, oh man, there's not even trying anymore. Um, And he's basically... He's an elemental, but he's kind of so strong. He's kind of cocky, so he's kind of like younger, a younger Thor with elemental powers. So he thinks he can pretty much do more than he actually can. And in this one, um, he's like he's got away from the Fantastic Four. He's on the moon, but we, but we don't know that because we start off with Ben and uh, Ben and Reed trying to find him. They don't find him, and then we cut to him like kind of flashing back to some stuff in the past, which like in that part also kind of reminds me of Thor because we see him in a throne room with his brother and his dad, who's the king, you know, and they're talking and they send him off on a thing, which is why the Thor parallels are kind of feel like there's more there uh, than not. So he's that. And then of course he goes off on his thing in the past and reminisces on that where he meets up with the civil surfer, which is not how I thought it was going to um, play out, although it did because if you remember from the best defense uh, thing that was similar to this something happens and then Namor got shot out in the space and then Super Silver Surfer finds him, this is kind of similar to that uh, and then they talk and then they go off and do whatever so like I said, it's 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 interesting but it's not you know nothing you need to to, to, uh, to do to talk to, to read unless you're interested in that character or those things uh immortal hulk number one director's cut and uh, there's really not much to say about that it's for what it is what it is it's the the, the first issue with the, the of uh, immortal hulk so you can read that again because it was a great book and then uh, this one doesn't necessarily have a script it basically has like brevort talking about you know some things going into the book but normally well not normally sometimes they would tend to put scripts in the books 
and they did not do this and whether they didn't have more or you and just didn't want to but they basically have the, the regular issue and then they have uh, the uncolored pages pencils of the the pages and then you know uh, braver talk about things kind of going into the series on what the series is going to be so right just wanted to add that uh just, just to supplement what roddy cat just said I, I i i did skim this because obviously i had read this book many many moons ago now mm. and uh i was disappointed that there wasn't a script yeah it's uh, kind of me too in this book but i definitely appreciated the pencils that were the copies of the pencils that were included because as i've mentioned before during the many many times we've talked about immortal hulk it's always a uh, 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 a monthly uh, uh, book, you know, it's something we discuss on a regular basis. Let's put it that way. And I've always mentioned that uh, Joe Bennett's art has come a long way from uh, where he was when he first started with Marvel. And when you look at these really, uh, uh, at least you understand, you know, kind of getting back to what I was mentioning before, he had a, a a decent amount of lead time to get this book in the can, you know, to get the pencils done on this, and it shows. The the the, the pencil work is definitely um, tight because it's almost to the level that it's been that that it's uh, uh, it, you could almost sense that the the darker lines are almost ink lines as opposed to just pencil lines. You know, this is very tightly penciled, so um, you can tell that Bennett had a lot of time. Uh, put into this book before uh, it was sent off to uh, before it was sent off to the inker and the uh, colorist. So it, that at least is nice to see, but it really would have been um, something to see the script for this book. Right, still kind of interesting for what is in there, but yeah, it's if you are interested in the writer side of it, it's a little less inter- interesting because of the lack of the script. Um. Therein, speaking of people getting help, like we said earlier, uh, Loki number two is starting to round up my books. Um, so Loki goes to uh, Tony Stark for some help. He, of course, he lies a little bit about why he's there, but it, but the, the heart is still the same. Um, and all I will say about this is that, um, yeah, that that happens. That that's an amusing aside. With apparently Stark Tower is is ready for Loki at this point, or has been for some time. Which arguably probably mirrors something that would have been said in the MCU. Um, all outside of that, then a, a foe that was dispatched, and, and the first issue kind of comes back and wants his revenge, which is, you would think that would one and done, but apparently it's not. So, but yeah, it was it was kind of fun, and Loki ends up apparently. Well, I'll just go ahead and no, well, I won't spoil this. He basically ends up. Um. In a, some would say, a house full of ideas. <laughs> and I'll, I'll leave it at that. Um, last book, Ironheart, number nine. Riri goes to Wakanda, meets Shuri, and they hit it off fabulously, except for they don't. So this is, this is um, a trope that happens. And in fact, I think it's happened a, a couple of times with Riri, uh, with one with Shuri and the other time with uh, Lunella Lafayette with Moon Girl. But then they come to it and understand where... Riri's kind of on different sides of it. So, um, on her way to try to find the wellspring of power, which happens to be in Wakanda, she meets up with Shuri because thanks to Tony's uh, help, actually, now that I think about it. Um, she goes, they meet, they kind of, again, don't hit it off all that that well at first, but they come to an understanding, which, again, happens, you know, 
like that. I kind of wanted them to say, oh, yeah, because, you know, with two characters that have so much in common and they don't hit it off at the back, you know that's they're going to come to that understanding at the beginning, at the end of the book. And they do here. But it's just that, you know, you got to go through that the tension because of hero team up. Kind of, basically, you know, because, yeah, because something happens while they're there and they get a little bit of understanding of whatever. You know, they're not buddy buddies, but, you know, they, they, they seem to be getting along after that. And I think, you know, the rest of the, the, uh, what, the well, where they go from here is probably going to stick around in Wakanda because um, at the end of the issue and given who's kind of behind some of the shenanigans that Ruri's going through, uh, another new warrior happens to come into the play who is related to the person that uh, Riri's seeking. And, and I'll leave it at that. Which was, it was cool to see because I hadn't seen this character in a minute, but you kind of expected it knowing that the other person uh, was in the fold. And that is it for my book. So, Derek, what you got? Well, the only book that I have left is Gideon Falls. Uh, w- oh, which which issue is this? Uh, that's a good question. Um, but anyway, this particular issue is 16. Uh, 16 yes. Um, they consider this the end of season three. Uh, what they've been doing with the books is every so often you get this kind of cliffhanger ending, which is the wrap up for that particular arc, I guess. Um, and uh, this once again ends with this sort of cliffhanger event um, where what you've been learning this whole time is that there's basically uh, a multiverse going on, but instead of the multiverse being the way we think of like it's Superman, but now it's Superman in a red suit. And, you know, now it's uh, Superman with uh, red hair, you know, the way that, that it happens a lot of times or, or some like weird history, whatever. Um, there's actually this sinister evil being um, that is manipulating people and and using them as a gateway to jump from world to world to spread his evil to basically corrupt each world and to uh, you know devour people and and devour souls and you know whatever it is that these evil things do. So uh, the the book starts out as you think it's just kind of a horror serial killer, people going crazy, whatever. But then you start to find out that it's actually a multiverse, and you're seeing uh, different different versions of the same place at at the same time but in parallel universes and this issue is the one where they finally start to link some things together um so you've kind of understood in the last few issues about how things are kind of linked in the background but this is where you finally get sort of a concrete uh i guess you could say crossing over uh between the two of them and it it answers some questions when it does that um, it also makes you change the way you think about some of the other stuff that has happened. So as to why it happened or how it happened. Uh, and then it does one of those things where it ends on a, you know, like into Twin Peaks season one type of cliffhanger where uh, something big and shocking happens. And now you got to figure out like where are they going to go with this uh, going forward. So Gideon Falls just continues to be one of my favorite books every time it comes out. Artwork's great. Story's great. Uh, it's just a fantastic read. It's one of those that it's just begging to become uh, the next like AMC horror uh, series uh, type of book. So uh, I, again, it's it's going to be my click of the week. It almost always is the week it comes out, and it's just a phenomenal book that people should be reading. All righty, and speaking of clicks of the week, 
Clicks of the week. And Dirt just said his. So. All right. Um, and we also have Tim's. Well, I guess we have Tim's because he said the only book he read was Positive X and it was kind of meh. That doesn't, that's not a. <laughs> I mean, it's it's the best book he read this week, right? Well, it's yeah, not I mean, the most ringing so. endorsement. Yeah, exactly. But it's it is the one he read, so I mean, it is what it is. Um, and actually, you talking about Gideon Falls kind of remind me of another book that came out that I might pull and and check out called uh, Omni. Um, I think it's a Titan Titan book. I'm slightly stalling here, and it was like. Um, <laughs> It's like this doctor gets gets powers because of this event. It's almost like what cat. Uh, well, it's almost like what a universe seemed like a new universe slash whatever uh, Lion Forge was doing with their Catalyst universe and, and whatnot. Where, um, you know, this is this event happened and uh, some folks get powers, and you know, trying to figure out how and why and what and who and all that kind of get mess with this with this issue. But I have to check it out later. But that being said. Um, yeah, um, I'll just I'll let you stall a little bit more. Or I'll give you more good. time at least. I'm uh, I'm, be- I'm in between two books. It's uh, Invaders number eight and Fantastic Four. Yeah, that's uh, one I wanted to number thirteen. And I'm I'm really really having a tough time because of how satisfying uh, FF number thirteen was, and it was just a fun read, and the art was on point. So I think I'm going to go with Fantastic Four, number 13, but Invaders, number 8, is a close second. Hmm. And for me, I'm going to say, yes, Fantastic Four, number 13, is also my pick. Um, but I would also say that uh, Miles Morales' uh, Spider-Man is that for me, because, you know, it was a real... It was some good action, a real touch, kind of touching at the same time. You know, the brothers at odds coming together and with a good ending to it. So, right, definitely, definitely a twist on what happens in Spider Verse. So yes, for sure, the movie. All right, okay. And with that, um, I guess we shall bid adieu to uh, PC underscore Dirt. You got anything? Uh, you got a show and tell or anything before you bounce out? Uh, no, actually, I was just looking real quick because uh, Titan does send us stuff. Uh, so I was right, looking but to see kind of they used to kind of big. Um, I was going to pull it later, but. Yeah, I'm I'm looking to see, but the the way they the way they ship the way they uh, email things out is really weird, and uh, sometimes it's hard to keep track of. Yeah, I don't know because you mentioned some stuff in the back channel about certain some things, and I don't know if you, that was that was one of the ones you mentioned. Um, well, and also sometimes, and this is just a like I'll I'll just throw this out there for people listening, just so you kind of understand the, some of the stuff in the background. Usually we get PDFs um, from these companies with review copies to read. And a lot of times they come and they're five megabytes, 10 megabytes. Uh, sometimes they're like 30 or 40. Every so often you'll get a company sends out their PDFs and they're like 200 megabytes <laughs> or that 400 be, megabytes for a 32 page comic. Yeah. Uh, you know, just because they, it, instead of shrinking it down and giving you a reading copy, they're taking the full print version and sending it to you, uh, which I guess if we had a printing press, we could print our own copies because we have the, uh, you know, artwork ready to go. But uh, sometimes it's a little overkill and it makes it hard to, you know. Right. For our purposes, it's overkill. Right. It, it makes it hard to share with each other. And sometimes if you're if you're sitting on a 
sitting in the backseat of a car or you're sitting on the bus or sitting at the store waiting for somebody to you know get done shopping and come out and you pull out your phone and you're trying to pull up a PDF to, to read through a book and suddenly you realize you're trying to download a 465 megabit file. Yeah, um, you know, it, it it gets a little awkward in there. So uh, yeah, although they so, yeah. seemed like they had gotten better, because I think it was him like a few. Well, it was probably like last year or something that they had started doing like low res versions of something you pulled from. Yeah, them. and sometimes they just forget to attach the low res version. Right. Um, and and sometimes they'll do a thing where they say, "Hey, we're going to send you these three books," and you go and you get two books and then a copy of the second book instead of the third book. Right. You know, so they sometimes you know that happens too. So uh, it's just one of those things. So sometimes when when he said, "Oh, you know, Titan put out this book." I'm like, well, we get review copies from Titan, but then scrolling through and trying to figure out which email, because sometimes they send out an email where it's like, here's all the stuff coming out in the next three months. And then they'll send out a second email later. Here's all the stuff for next week. And it's not always the same stuff because right. schedules shift around and, you know, things, whatever. So, yeah, it is kind of hard to track down sometimes the exact email that has the exact book and then if you get the book is it one that you can easily download or do i need to like copy and paste the link and send it you know to you so that you can download the book yourself instead of me trying to download the book and then send it to you and right. that, all that kind of stuff so right just just first world problems you have to deal with as a and comic. don't ask for books folks because we can't do that um <laughs> just in case somebody so, out there all right but I'll, I'll dig around and see if i've got a copy in there and if i do i'll Okay, yeah, if you don't, like, uh, I think I'll, I know where to find it. But if you don't. Okay. So. All righty. Well, that's going to do it, guys. Thanks for having me. All right. Take it easy. See you next week. Later. Later. And All right. Our first ad of the night is for Wink, Wink. the personalized wine club. And before I, before I continue, I honestly gave serious thought to um, singing the ad uh, along to the instrumental version so that we don't get in trouble um from the uh the youtube gods um you know picking a song with an instrumental so if you have ladies and gentlemen if you have an instrumental song that you want us to sing an ad to or at least let us try to sing an ad to make sure to reach out to us on twitter or instagram so again this ad is for wink the personalized wine club wink is a world of wine delivered right to your door from rosé to cabernet to toronte Wink has over 100 styles of wine to discover. Have you ever tried an orange wine? Wink connects you to a world of exclusive wines tailored to your tastes and delivered directly to your door. Wink delivers four bottles of wine to you every month with free shipping. You can pick your own bottles or let Wink choose and match to your taste. It doesn't cost a thing to become a member and you can skip or cancel anytime. And now the listeners of the Comic Book Chronicles can enjoy an exclusive discount of $20 off your first order. To place your first order with $20 off and to help keep our show free for you, go to our network website at cspn.us forward slash wink. That's cspn.us forward slash wink. Wink Wines through CSPN. Do it today. Now we get into the news. Ah, you gotta love those little little snafus that happen while you're trying to switch scenes. Um, yes, we get into the stop that the news starting with the cinematic news. First up, Star Trek theory: Picard's new ship is the TNG's USS Stargazer. 
which if that's the case that's weird because i figured by the time by the end of um uh tng that you would think that ship would have been mothballed so if you did not know and you're not a trekker um that is the correct term ladies and that gentlemen. that is the correct term yes or Trekkie, I don't care, but I'm hey, go well, Trekker, I was I know. is the correct. <laughs> oh, I know, I know. But, I mean, you know, Trekkie's accepted for some folks, and not everybody's that anal about it. Uh, but that being said, uh, the USS Stargazer was Picard's first command, um, and there was a TNG episode that um, that it got brought up in, uh, and it was already, like, kind of old at that point. So I can't imagine uh, it. It kind of makes sense because they're not going to give Picard the Enterprise back uh, again. So he's got it, and he's going to have, end up having to have some ship. So that is a as good a theory as any, with exception the fact that, well, you know, to, uh, according to this article, they said, hey, yeah, it's old enough to where it could be in a museum, and there is precedent for, you know, um, <laughs> uh, Federation ships being turned into museums and coming out of mothballed by being stolen. So it's a it's an interesting theory, but we'll see how that turns out. Next up. Alrighty, the first trailer for Star Wars Resistance's second and final season is here, so there's good news for fans if you're hoping to get a look at the return of Kaz and friends post The Force Awakens and Last Jedi Adventures uh soon uh are coming out soon and the bad news is that they're uh, their last adventures. I've tried to watch this show. Mm-hmm. I was unsuccessful in getting past like the fourth or fifth episode. Was it the story art style or did, didn't, a little didn't, bit of both? Didn't pick up for you fast enough. Yeah, a little bit of both. Are, are you uh, up to date on it? I like, have uh, not watched any of it. Not not for okay. for lack of wanting to. It's just that I have I hadn't really gotten around to it. I understand. Yeah. So, but yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to checking this out. Like the art style kind of grew on me. I, I'm, I'm digging it, and it's a little bit different from what we've got from like Clone Wars and Rebels, uh, especially. Right. From it's what more I understand, digital, right. right? It's one of the more digital cartoons. Mm-hmm. So, which looks good, but yeah, it was like you know, and I'm trying to remember. This is not Filoni and crew behind this. I don't remember. I don't think so. Uh, but regardless, whatever, because I know we're still, we're getting Clone Wars again uh, at some point. So, all will be right in the world, I guess. Next up, um, <laughs> Gwyneth Paltrow didn't know Samuel L. Jackson was in the MCU. Yeah, her memory's not that great with these MCU appearances, but there might be a reason why, well, other than her forgetfulness. <laughs> well, well, I mean, I, I'm not going to be one to defend anything, because one, they were in three movies together. However... Right that doesn't always mean you're in the same scenes as folks. Like they've only right. shared a scene in Endgame, Right. Um, so there is that. And the other couple of movies, which again, she was in Iron Man movies. And so was he in the first two. I don't think he was in three. Yeah. I'm pretty sure he wasn't in three, but, but they did not share any scenes. So right. relatively un- understandable why she wouldn't understand. The, the, but it also goes <laughs> like, clearly she doesn't read them. She doesn't watch the movies, which I can also understand that. Uh, Which is but, still lame, by the way. But well, you know. it is. But I mean, I'm look. I don't like listening to my own voice, so I can understand not wanting to watch it. <laughs> um, and I'm sure there are people out there that agree with me on that. Anyways, but the the point is, like, yeah, I kind of get it to a certain point. But it, the prevailing wisdom is like, boy, those checks are nicer where you don't have to really care about who's who's in the movies with you. 
<laughs> so that... she forgot. I was about to say, uh, but the thing is, what I was going to also mention is that um, oftentimes these things are filmed not in sequence and on different, you know, at different times. So mm-hmm. that you know that kind of explains her not remembering about uh, being in a Spidey movie either. So. Right. You know, and what again, are you gonna... still, again, still didn't share, as far as we know, didn't share a scene with Samuel L. And, right. you know, but, you yeah, know, this it still seems weird to me. And apparently there's an article out there from probably Mashable, some, somebody um, that was like, hey, she's not the only one with that kind of a, that kind of a memory. Yeah. So, and, well, and yeah. which is true, but still, I'm like, really? I'm like, At some point you would have thought, it was like, oh, yeah, I was in these other movies that you were in. When they were, you know, or maybe that doesn't come up. Who knows? I don't know. It's just weird. Anyway, those checks must be nice. I wish I had at least one. Next up. All right. So um, Avengers Endgame was released on home video this week. Uh, Digital had come out about two weeks ago, but uh, home video release was this week. I went out and got mine and watched it a couple times already since it came out on Tuesday. Uh, the director's commentary is uh, gold. Mm. It is awesome. I, I am not a director's commentary person. I may well become one. But just as a quick aside, the director's commentary had both writers, uh, Marcus and McFeely, and both Russo brothers. So it's almost like a comic book chronicles um, uh, discussion of you know uh, of Endgame with four uh, with four uh, different points of view on it. Mm. So that was a lot of fun. And um, this next story is about Endgame, and um, apparently... uh, No, it's not. But yeah, it is. Endgame had Black Panther return first, and here's why. Oh, you're talking about... Oh, I thought you meant the next next story, not this... No, this story. The story I'm talking about right now. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So directors Joe and Anthony Russo did an AMA on Reddit and asked me anything, and they revealed why Black Panther was the first one to appear uh, through the uh, sparkly thingies that um, Doctor Strange and the other magicians use to transport people around. The valve portals. Right. So, um, Someone will get that reference. Right. So uh, they basically said that the logical first person to go through a portal from Wakanda would be the king himself, bringing his army once again to the defense of Cap in the world. And also, they wanted to reassure the people who were bandwagon jumping on the MCU post-Black uh, Panther so they wouldn't lose any... So, Wait, that's another is, reason. Is that I what think. they said? Is that you editorializing? No, that's me editorializing. <laughs> <laughs> because there were people like that in my theater mm. when Infinity War happened, and they were like... <gasps> and a lot of us were just like, Really? <laughs> I mean, I'm not gonna lie. Look, I'm not a bandwagon uh, whatsoever, but I was even <gasps> at that point. I'm oh like, no! Like I, I'm but that was kind of slightly for different. Like, okay, why do why why he had to, why why the Panther? I'm leaving out right. I was about to say I'm leaving out the I'm leaving out the um the hushed tones that the that they spoke in behind me, and I was just like, come on, people. Yeah, I mean, and there was there was some of that. Yeah, there was some of that. I was like, oh shit! And when especially when like uh when Peter got 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 snapped. Yeah, we definitely we definitely had that in my theater, so that's what I'm referring to. Sure, it's uh, it's pretty funny. Yeah, it, it is kind of amusing. I'm like, yeah, I'm like, like look, I know what's going. I know the, this is not going to be it, but at the same time, I'm like, ah, that was it was it was resounding. You know, let's not take away from it, but <laughs> yeah, we kind of know. Either way, so yeah, so that was that. Plus, it was, you know, it. I guess if this is me editorializing on it, this, uh, I 
I am a fan of um, director's commentary on, on a lot of them because uh, sometimes you find some nuggets and sometimes it's just fun depending on who it is they put together you know um, like I think the I, I haven't actually listened to the John Wick ones but I, I would imagine those ought to be quite amusing that reminds me I gotta see if uh, if those are worth listening to yeah so now exactly and I said the same thing because I think because usually usually when I check them out I usually kind of check out a couple of minutes and I was like I'll come back to it later or something or rip sure. them out and then listen to them in audio form anyway um, it, as far as this goes so we can move on you know let's face it when when T'Challa and Kamda came back on which when they last left they were in uh, Wakanda and those were the last, technically the last ones to get snapped I guess or that we saw get snapped to see them come back in first kind of makes sense to me you know but that's just that's well that's where most of the heroes were well, that's what know? I'm saying that's what I'm, yeah, that's the vast point. majority yeah. you know there was a minority of them you know no of the grouping intended. of heroes at the end of uh, uh, of Infinity War in space so more of them were on the field at uh, uh, in Wakanda you're about to say Pelennor Fields <laughs> yes well that's what I always can uh, what, what's funny is that um, the battle of Avengers Compound mm-hmm. became the new Pelennor Fields like right. it was uh, Pelennor Fields part two <laughs> You know, um, trust me, I'm fresh off rewatching um, Endgame a number of times, so a lot of that stuff is fresh in my mind. And shout out to anyone who saw, um, I think I tweeted it? Nerd alert! Yes, I tweeted it earlier today. Um, for those of you who uh, don't follow me on Twitter, I'm at, at agent underscore 70 on Twitter. And um, I can't not see the cameo of Howard the Duck every time I see the heroes assembling um, at the Avengers compound. <laughs> I can't not see it anymore. I'm just like, oh, there he is. Oh, there he is again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so, we talked about that last week where you can see, you know, folks. I never in. saw him the, 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 the first two times that I watched the movie. Now that I have it at home, I'm like, there it is. Mm-hmm. There it is. Right, yeah, now that you can freeze the frame. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and now I don't even have to, you know, because exactly. now I know where he is. So I can just like see it out of the corner of my eye. Look, there he is. Mm-hmm. It's always fun. It's funny how it works like that, you know. Mm-hmm. But yeah, director's commentary. You should check them out more. There, there's there's some good stuff, and and usually with those anyway, depending on the movie uh, and who they put together. Next story: Ragnarok fan edit gives Thor and Hulk lightsabers for the ultimate fight and ultimate brand synergy. That was me editorializing that last part. Because ah. <laughs> let's face it, it's all connected at this point. I'm sure it it would only take one snap away from them to be like, okay, what if Wild Space was the, the link between 616 and and a galaxy far, far away? Think about it. There's actually Wild Space in both in both continuities. So you, you know. anyway, that's just me. Somebody's gonna write that. So yeah. So apparently the the battle in the arena between Thor and and and. Um, Planet Hulk, I guess you can you can say I don't know Sakar Hulk. I don't know what you can say, but the battle in Thor Ragnarok between Thor and um, Hor, 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 Thor. <laughs> well, I mean, hey, we don't know we, we don't know what he was up to. Hold on. <laughs> I'm sorry, I was thinking. No, I was I was I was, I was I was thinking of the the porn parody version. I'm sorry, my fault. I my apology. I don't know what. <laughs> Thor and Hulk. Uh, they were given lightsabers and let us move on really quickly. Oh <laughs> and you can see it out there. I'm sure it's on on. Um, yeah, it's probably out there on YouTube. Yeah, 
as as Agent oh, Seventy dies from laughter. <laughs> oh, because you barely noticed it, and I was just like, "What?" No, I was like, as soon as I said, I was like, "Wait, oh wait, <laughs> oops, oops." Oh man! All right, so yeah, moving so on. Next up, uh, the Celestials take center stage. If we have, if we if we ever have like um um a, a recap show, a, a clip show, or, or something, or they're in like somebody. Put that in there, please. I oh my goodness! <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I was about to say our our improved audio on the show is going to come back and bite us. Mm, um, yeah. uh, the Celestials Fudge. in our next story take center stage in the Eternals concept art, and it's unlike anything seen before in the MCU. So I'm trying to pull this up, and uh, yeah, it's not for me if you got ad blockers. So, <laughs> oh, with the ad blocking. Oh. Which is weird because I took ad blockers off that site for this reason, and yet it's still showing up. So go figure. Crazy. Yeah, I don't know. That's a little behind the scenes, folks. If you're watching the video, you'll see what you you have seen what we're talking about. If you're not, don't worry about it. Yeah, I'm totally trying to. I'm totally trying to pull this up. All right. So what is this? Looking for it. I don't even see a picture. Where's the poster? It's fine because if you go in the notes, at least you get a good gist of it. So yeah. All right, it's on Instagram, so it was a link. So now I'm moving to the Instagram. I just want to comment on it. I want to see what it looks like. Oh yeah, fair, but yeah, it's not. And Come also, on, people. Well, also, you know, as much. Oh, as okay, I, okay, okay. Hold on. I don't hey, like pimping. I don't like pimping um, alternate um, web browsers, but uh, Edge doesn't seem to have that problem. <laughs> I see the image now. It is it is on Insta, and. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of cool. So this was a poster that um, the artist did for San Diego Comic Con 2019, and yeah, the uh, the Eternals look a little different. They definitely look a little Pacific Rimish. Oh God, fucking auto playing video! Stop it, sites. Language. I, <laughs> I got to get a clip of that. Yeah, I got to get a clip of that from uh, Age of Ultron. That's funny. Uh, always trying to get your stupid uh, click of. Uh, Videos in, clicks yep, in. Yep, yep, yep. So this is why yeah, I try to stay away from sites like this. Yeah. So I see it now, and uh, yeah, very Pacific Rimish. Yeah, yeah, totally. So unfortunately, you don't get to see that um, if you're watching the video. But yeah, hey, the links in the show our, notes. Yeah, go to our sheet and follow the link. Yep. Totally. Um, ad blocker off if you're so inclined. Next up, Marvel Studios basically uses Tom Holland's spoilers as marketing and and other news. Uh, water's wet, right? And the sky is blue. Exactly. So, and that's the exact same thing when I said I said when I saw this ad because I was like, okay, sure, without even reading through the thing. So basically, um, you know, Feige talking with Kevin Feige, he basically says like, you know, um, Tom Holland keeps more than you think he does. It's just that you hear about, you know, one or two things, and and that's that. Just to paraphrase paraphrase this uh, the article, uh, but he was like, well, even for the stuff that he does, well, it's like, yeah, they roll with it and they use it as marketing. And same, I think they also mentioned um, Mark Ruffalo uh, in in tow with this. So it's a thing, but it's not a thing. So and again, no surprise. Sure. All. Next up. All right, next up. Um, the Russo brothers have a particular X-Men movie they would like to direct. So, again, in response to the Ask Me Anything on Reddit, uh, on the Marvel Studios subreddit, 
Um, people ask what superheroes movie that is not currently in the MCU would you guys most want to direct in the future? In the future, and the answer was Snickety Snicked. Wolverine, bub. That's right. That's right. Which you know, I I not knowing that much whole a lot about them, not surprised. For some reason, right? I, you know, to they they came of age comic wise right when. Uh, the Wolverine character was really hitting its stride because that's I was on the younger side. I was on the younger side when that stuff was happening, but they were right of the age when that you know the the the, Mil- the Claremont Miller limited mm-hmm. series was coming out, and uh, the Wolverine character was really starting to gain traction. So oh wait, so they're older than because I was thinking they well they're not I know they're not that young with the word the I know I'm sure the 90s was impressed upon them, but they're you know uh, like us probably a little bit older. Yeah, no, they're so yeah, they're they're influenced. Yeah. yeah, remember they've already and they acknowledge in the um, what's call they've acknowledged in um, interviews and in the director's commentary that that scene of the Hulk holding up um, the Avengers compound so that it doesn't crush everybody. Yeah, we, we talked about that. Yeah. Right, and 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 they've already come out and said that, and um, you have to be of a certain vintage to to even get that reference. Mm-hmm. So my guess is course. that they were, you know, they were of collecting age at that point. Yeah, we like to think so. Yeah, I mean, granted, you there's nothing saying that they couldn't, even if they were younger and they couldn't have gone back and read that stuff. But right, but they really the likelihood, it. yeah, the yeah. likelihood is probably less. Exactly. So. so, like I said, with 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 regards to Wolverine, I definitely see them coming up when you know the uh, the the apex of the character's development, because I I would argue that the character has had a lot of downs since then. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, but still oh. has a air of cachet when you, you know, up to uh, even then to where him coming back and them doing a movie and everybody, uh, not everybody, that's hyperbolic, but a lot of people would be like, yes, you know, glowing because the 90s were the heyday of the X-Men of, in general, right. the X-Men in general, but definitely Wolverine and, you know, I mean, Spidey was already hitting on his cylinders, but, you know, Wolverine had pretty much had overtaken Spidey and even the thing by that point. Oh, well, definitely. Actually, the thing was kind of more of an 80s, uh, late right. 70s, early 80s thing. Right. But, when we're talking about who is going to guest star in any one given book. Yeah, definitely. it was definitely Wolverine. It was everywhere. In fact, I was on Marvel Unlimited and I saw a book that I had not seen before. It was basically speaking of the thing. It was, it was like Logan and Ben Grimm, and it was Ben in his human form. So apparently, this was them fighting together at some point. I don't know when it is. I, I had to check a book out and see it. Or maybe I even put a link in the show notes. If you have Marvel Unlimited, you can check it out. But when when Ben Grimm was in the Air Force, maybe probably. But yeah. I'm not. I'm not, I'm not sure because I didn't actually read through it. I just happened to see it there, and I'm like, huh. That's of course them two would be together, but I didn't know that this was a thing that happened at some point. Uh, but then again, of course it did, because everything did. Um, sure. You got so, it. So next up, yes. Disney unimpressed with New Mutants. Uh, this is another thing that, that sparked a conversation that uh, Agent 70 and, uh, and I had earlier, uh, which, never mind. Uh, Wait, hold on, hold on. <laughs> so yeah, Disney unimpressed with New Mutants, doubtful of box office potential. I personally would say now i don't know about this iteration of it but i think i mean in general there's clearly good potential there could be good potential for a you know a new mutant thing but it's also let's face it 
it is still has the stench of the Fox umbrella, even though it is not all incorporated in the right, movies have a certain, problem. yeah. And that, and the, the, the new mutants, uh, which is long languishing by the way, because it was supposed to come out this month in August, but it's been pushed back again to next year sometime, I believe. Um, there wasn't really nothing. There was no good hopes for this one. Um, and yeah, all the pushing back and the the free shirts that had not happened uh, that we had, I know we had talked about this like earlier this year that hadn't happened yet didn't bode well for this movie. So yeah, and Dark Phoenix didn't didn't help. But when it came out, but at the same time, you know the the things going on with New Mutants was you know was a side point. So yeah, so apparently Disney, Disney is looking at the books and be like, "What is this? What is this thing right here? New Mutants and right. going through all the other Fox Fox stuff." And like, well, we noticed Deadpool's things, things, a thing. So that's gonna get us. That's gonna fill up a money bin. What about these other folks? And yeah, New Mutants seems to be into that. Yeah, April twenty twenty, April third twenty twenty looks like is the next date of yeah. I don't know. I hope because like the cast from some of the casting. As a matter of fact, um, on a slight side note, there was a picture. I don't know if you saw it. Uh, um, eight to seventy. What's up? But uh, there was a picture of Bill Sinkovich and um, Anna Taylor Joy, who plays uh, Yana in the New Mutants, and they were like they were hugging. It was an adorable picture. It was cool. I don't know if you saw okay. it. Yeah. On, no, I've seen it. Uh, yeah, I had to I had to look it up, and but it was out there on um, Twitter, so but it was cool. Anyway, that's that. Hopefully we'll see this movie or we might not. We don't know now. Next up. All right, next up. uh, The Lion King remake is the biggest animated earner ever. But apparently Disney is claiming it's not. So this is is a big... Though this has been a discussion, for lack of a better word, uh, in the last couple of days. Because there are some people who are saying live action. And it has been billed as a live action, but it's not, there is not a lot, well, there aren't very many live action things in said movie, because all of the characters are CG. And I think they may have used a practical set of lions, a couple of lions for like one or two shots. So pretty much everything else is CG. Therefore, it's not, it can't be live action if there's nothing real, there's no, that, you know the protagonist. There's, no, there's nothing living and breathing. Exactly that are, yeah. that is doing any acting, and it's all CG uh, and voice acting. So even though it is in a, in a live action se- uh, setting, uh, like I said, some are claiming it that it's live action. I guess for that reason, but some others are saying, "Well, it's clearly not because it's CG, so therefore it's animated," which technically is true. Right. So, and that's been a small debate, I guess. It, it, you know, there have been bigger desktops on the internet, and this has kind of been just in a in a little corner somewhere. So, I don't know. But regardless, the 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 remake, which and also is ironic because, like, yeah, it's a remake of an actual animated film. So there there is that. But apparently, it made uh, one point three billion bucks at the international box office, and it beat Frozen. 1.2 billion to become the top uh, grossing animated film. Frozen actually being an animated film. Right. A, a classically animated Yes, thank you. Right. A traditionally animated film. Um, and yeah, like I said, there's yeah, there's a, there's a little discussion on the internet about 
what that actually means either way. Regardless, right. it made money. So that's the bottom line for Disney. So I don't care. <laughs> Next. Next up. Uh, is, let's see. Marvel has plans for more street-level superhero shows post-Netflix. So Jeff Loeb has teased more street-level heroes will be getting Marvel television shows in the future. In an interview with Deadline, uh, Jeff Loeb dove into the current and future state of the comic company's superheroes on the small screen. So there aren't too many specifics that have been announced, but he teased that there's more street-level heroes to be brought in, most likely on Hulu. Hmm. But also with the possibility of some on Disney Plus, but more likely Hulu. I mean, and the real is going to be both because Hulu. I mean, there's going to be that package with Disney Plus and Hulu built in. So technically, it doesn't right. matter at the end of that day um, if you go that route. But yeah, so they're talking about the, and a couple of the ones that we already knew about, like Ghost Rider and Blade. Well, excuse me, Blade joining the MCU, but Ghost Rider getting his own show on uh, Hulu is is one of them. And going into the next. Um, story speaking of Hulu's Ghost Rider and Hellstrom shows are now branded Adventure into Fear with more to come. So, uh, uh apparently, um, Marvel Television is going to go where DC Television has or DC Universe's television universe has been failing. So, yeah, uh, Ghost Rider is going to be Ghost Rider Hellstrom is going to be branded. Adventure in the film, and they're going to put more horror-focused um, uh, brands under that name. One of which being Man Thing, thing, which is basically Marvel's version of uh, Swamp Thing. Because he makes your heart sing. Oh no! <laughs> so yeah, uh, it says here we always knew we were going to do something with Ghost Rider. We're just waiting for the right place to put it, and they're talking about talking to Jeff Loeb uh, from Deadline, probably that same article. Um, Adventure into Fear was a classic 1970s Marvel Comics horror title which focused primarily on stories featuring Man-Thing and Morbius but Loeb says uh, Hulu's Adventure into Film isn't horror it's terror and he says there's a difference apparently and he goes into that said difference which we won't so yeah okay. uh, so yeah and even though they were supposed to be doing a Morbius movie um, this article also mentions whether that's going to happen we don't know and it sounds like Man-Thing potentially is going to be uh, another uh, one in that book. Again, probably taking uh, the page from what Disney's... I mean, uh, DC didn't do, even though that was... They tried to do, right? Well, tried to do and let go of. Yep, 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 yep. Sadly. Anyway, yep. next up. Next up. Speaking of... Um, so, according to Jeff Loeb, uh, the Netflix cancellations of the Marvel TV shows... Uh, including Daredevil and Jessica Jones and Luke Cage, um, the cancellations blindsided the, uh, the folks at Marvel TV. Part and me, uh, it all began with the cancellation of Iron Fist. Mm, part of me, I can see it, but another part of me is like, because it is Netflix's production, therefore, yeah, I'm like, they have, you know, the right of whether they keep it on and let take it off, even though they do have right. a deal. But at the same time, I'm like, I can't imagine it was that much of a that much of a blind side, especially with what I don't know. Part of me is a little cynical about it. Oh no, definitely. I think that there's some stuff there that is unsaid. Right. But at the same time, I'm not, you know, if it's like, yeah, sure, we'll take it as a word until we find out the other things. 
Uh, anyway, next up. Uh, speaking of, hey, we talked about this last week when there was a there was an art um an auction off of the the Marvel TV's Netflix stuff uh, props and whatnot, and uh, Netflix is sadly we, I don't think I won anything, and I don't think Roddy Cat won anything. I didn't even try. Um, and I imagine that stuff was probably going for a pretty penny anyway. Yeah, but, the really good stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the stuff that you would want. And probably, like I said, the only other thing you would probably want, you can probably buy. And I'm talking about, like, say, Luke Cage's hoodie. But <laughs> way cheaper. Anyway, uh, Netflix Daredevil suit bought by former showrunner at auction. So the suit worn by Charlie Cox's uh, Matt Murdock was uh, bought by Stephen Knight. So... And according to it says here, for those who don't know, they're auctioning off props from the Marvel Netflix shows today, said uh, tonight, wrote on Twitter, and I'm happy to report that this bad boy, the suit, is coming home to live at the offices of Denight Productions, where it belongs. So I believe he was the original, wait, was he the original showrunner or not? Nah, I can't remember. Or or he was the one that ended that, that where they ended the show. Regardless, he was a former short showrunner either way because that show doesn't exist anymore. Sure. Um, so congrats to him and whoever else got stuff off of that auction. I can imagine what I would even want, though. The Billy Club? If it was workable, yeah, maybe. What's funny is that, just, just before we move on to the next story, I wanted to mention that I did peruse a lot of the... Uh, the stuff that was all, uh, up for auction. And mm. some of it was actually relatively reasonably priced, but some of it went for extreme amounts. Sure. Um, but it's an auction, so, yeah. Right. I, I, I definitely would have been interested in some of the stunt effect um, pieces. Like, there were various forms of um, the Billy Club and Electra Psy mm. that yeah, were... Yeah, so maybe that. Right, that were... Uh, and sticks and some of Stick's weapons as mm. well that were... Uh, engineered for stunt work actually, and, now that you for say that, and visual effects. Right. Actually, now you say that, um, maybe a hand uniform. Well, yeah. I mean, a lot of that stuff was up there for auction to be had. So um, uh, it's interesting to, to go through that. So, mm. you know, just that's what just just to um, to uh, to kind of broaden our perspective on what was actually available. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not just one billy club. There's actually a number of different versions. And right, because they have different props different things, like you said. Right, exactly. And for what you're willing to spend and what you're willing to maybe reenact. <laughs> mm, yeah, totally. I mean, and I feel like, but uh, like, granted, they wouldn't be a working set of billy clubs, but I feel like you could probably find some similar things like that out there. But at the same time, it wouldn't be those and wouldn't be used for, it wouldn't have been used for the on set, which that would go for a pretty penny if somebody were to say eBay it again. Right. Um, Madam right. Gao's resale, you know, on the resale market, that's a that's that's going to turn a, a a quick profit, I think. Right, Madam Gao's cane. That's what I would want. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Um, that kind of slightly joking about that, but no, I wasn't about the hand uniform. But that would probably been one of them. And I don't know if Madam Gao's cane would have been up for grabs. And plus, it's a cane. You can I got like five canes already. Next up, make me want to make me want to look it up. To be honest, yeah, I know, right? Because I I didn't I didn't scroll through every item. I just I I saw you know that uh, there was a variety of things that were up there for auction. So I kind of like that. You know, I really like that idea that um, it was a lot of um, different variations. So mm-hmm. you, you didn't have to kill yourself trying to get one Billy Club. You know, right? Mister so, Nice Gun. No, actually, no, no. no. 
Uh, I don't know if that was available, but that like was, I said, that, that makes joke. me want that's, to. That's, that makes me not... want to um uh explore some of the other things you know like they had swords obviously so yes. you know um you know uh maybe not uh miss these weapons but uh colleen's yeah so no i was no, i was completely joking about that because there's enough guns real or not right. floating around nowadays right right right, right. all yeah, right next like up. oh or her or her uh nunchucks because i believe um colleen has some nunchucks also also like yeah uh, definitely hers hers her her katanas and um yeah, yeah, totally. Oh man, yes. Yeah, like I said, it's worth looking up, um, even if it's just to see if there's something that didn't make it, you know, didn't get bid on. Right. Um, yeah. Anyway, moving right along. Yeah. Next up, uh, in real world news, Army Hammer of all people decided to uh, take Marvel Chairman Ike Perlmutter to task for uh, uh, contributing to the Trump uh, campaign for president. Hmm. Um, so yeah, not good. Well, this uh, has been the thing that's been. I mean, it's it's been known for a while. If you're paying attention to like, right. top level to any, management, right? You know. Exactly. Um, so yeah. So and I saw that tweet when he when he did it. So basically, our Army Hammer, which is still a weird ass name, um, basically said when some other stuff was going on uh, with um, the whole Equinox uh, Club thing being, you know, or Jim, I guess is is what it is thing i'm happy just so having to chime in saying oh hey while everybody seems to be on the equinox thing it might be a good time to mention that one of trump's largest financial contributor is the chairman of marvel entertainment ike perlmutter so again you know yeah and it's it is it is a sad fact too that his relationship to a thing that you love is is has been a thing because you don't want to contribute to that but at the same time you don't want to not contribute to the other people who are Giving their blood, sweat, and tears to to put out, you know exactly, exactly. And and just as a quick aside, uh, the the, the pro mutters made a lot of money on from toy biz, mm-hmm. and obviously made a ton of money once the Disney acquisition went through. So they have um, they've un- they've donated to a lot of things like uh, uh, there's a cancer center named after them here in New York City mm-hmm. through NYU. So. You know, it's it, it's all over the place, and it's unfortunate that uh, you know these uh, that 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 these folks are uh, connected, you know, to uh, to a certain direction. That's right. not cool, right? And of course, as with since it happened when when someone like that happens to bring out something like that, the, the comments under his uh, under his uh, Twitter were as stupid as you expect because they're basically saying, "Well, I guess he won't be working at Marvel, or, or he's just trying to do this." So. You know, because he didn't get this role, or blah blah blah. I'm like, folks, not everybody does things just because it, so they can get something out of it. Now, I don't know whether he is or isn't. It kind of doesn't matter. Besides, he's attacking the wrong guy. <laughs> you know, he's he's attacking the right guy, well, but not is, you know exactly. He's not yeah. exactly going after. He's not exactly going after the MCU people. So right. let's put it that way. Well, there's that too. But yeah, but I don't think I'm fairly certain he. I don't know the man. And I can't. I'm not speaking for him. I seriously doubt they. But I don't know. I don't think he did that just for just for some perceived role he may or may not have gotten or will ever get. That, right. That stupid thinking from people like that. Um, right. Anyway. Right. Yeah. Uh, and and uh, on, on on some rather confusing news in your neck in the next story, uh, you know, President Bartlett. What's next? Wait, what's confusing about it? Uh, go on. Just just start it. And okay. uh, a new GI Joe film is in development that will feature chuckles. I mean, uh, that alone for me, I agree. Yeah, that's weird. That would be. Oh, you know what? I skipped the story. Oh, okay. 
Oh yeah, we'll get to that one. Oh, you talking yeah, about the yeah, next yeah. one after that? Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, so yeah, so there's in addition to a Snake Eyes movie, which is uh, apparently still ongoing, they are looking into doing other GI Joe related films. Which you know, can we get a good GI Joe you know ensemble film first, please? Maybe, maybe they're trying to do the MCU style and do solo movies first. Kinda, yeah. Silly because that's not really what GI Joe is about. Well, see, hold on. So, so we should think back a second because if you remember, which I, I, this doesn't seem to be playing out all that well, Hasbro has been trying to get their own shared universe because remember they were doing GI Joe mask and all and a bunch of other properties. And right. they were going to do their shared, shared universe thing. I don't know and if that's Rom been... Space and Rom State Space Knight among with other... Yeah, Transformers also mm-hmm. in that. Uh, and I don't know... And I don't believe... We haven't heard anything from that in quite a while. So I don't know if that's still a part of this. But I'm just saying that is... This is possibly somewhat in service in that in a smaller scale. So yeah, so it says here the, the film's being written by Josh Applebaum and, and Andre Nimick. Uh, alias Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol. Ghost Protocol's alright. Uh, and the film is described as an ensemble piece, which makes sense because Chuckles is not one... Again, so, okay. I'm not going to put this... Hold on, yes I am going to put this up. So... <laughs> what is it? Boop! So those for, uh, before... Oops, wait, I send this to live. Thank you. Um, I am holding in my hand a copy of G.I. Joe the movie. Why? Because this is where this is the version of Chuckle I was thinking about, um, not the 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 miniseries that he does have with IGW that apparently is supposed to. All right, I remember skimming through that. I was like, okay, this is basically. I feel like that is an AG's action film esque thing because with that character. So if you didn't know, Chuckles is an undercover agent. Uh, there's a there is a IDW book that he's centered around where he infiltrated Cobra and things happen. So a movie about him infiltrating anything as an undercover cop, like okay, we've seen a whole bunch of '80s movies like that. But there's in G.I. Joe the movie, there's a part where um, Chuckles and the rest of the Roughnecks are training, and he's in this one doesn't actually say anything. I don't think he said anything the whole movie actually. Now that I think about it, and you know he does his part to some effect, and I'm like, why would you make a movie off of that? Why? He's the quote unquote strong silent type in that in that thing. Right. I was and going to say not that, too bright. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say the Marvel uh G.I. Joe series, well after I stopped reading it, um, with the uh introduction of Chuckles, they also had an undercover story where he you know, he went undercover and infiltrated Cobra as a as a secret um right. double agent. So um this is um no, this is territory that 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 has been. Uh, Are you sure trod that's not the IDW book, or is that? No, no, no. I'm talking about the original Marvel, sure, okay. uh, GI Joe series before, which, um, yeah, long yeah. before uh, it reincarnated over at IDW. Right, which Larry Hama uh, is is. I should uh, maybe not. I don't know. Like I know he's he's over there doing. He basically did the continuation of the Marvel stuff over at IDW of his book over right. at IDW. Which you know, hey, that's what you want to do. If you're gonna do something like that, yeah, let the man who 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 rolled him out proper finish his work. If you got something else to say, but anyway, um, back to the movie situation. So yeah, apparently that's the thing, and they're this thing is suggesting like you could have suggesting that the number of characters that they could put in, uh, of course, 
not up to and including the, re- the rest of the rep next, probably included, not including Lieutenant Falcon. That gold plated goof off. <laughs> to, to quote one beachhead. But anyway, we have talked way too much about this particular story. And let's get into the next uh, related story. In- yeah, more G.I. Joe. Yes. Right. Uh, so there's a report out there that uh, crazy rich Asian star Henry Golding could be G.I. Joe's new snake eyes. And I have mixed feelings about this. Okay. As like as a lot of uh, G.I. Joe fans of the 80s will attest, I was a huge Snake Eyes fan. Same. And if you crossed over into comics fandom, not everyone did. Mm-hmm. A lot of people were toys and cartoon. But I also crossed over into comics fandom. And I hunted down copies of the origin of snake eyes the two-part story mm-hmm. Snake Eyes. yes um and at a time when i was mad young and you know we're talking about elementary school i was collecting that book age. i think between me and my brother we were collect we're both collecting that book or one of us i know i was but i think he was also collecting a book and i tracked those two issues down after they came they had come out and they were impossible to find mm. and i lucked out and found them and when i read it Guess what? Spoiler alert for people that don't know. And if you don't know, you will soon know. So, spoiler alert in three, two, one. <laughs> Thinking of this. Guess what, guys? Was a blonde white guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which I think he was that... a strong silent type. Well, yeah, very silent. Um... But, you know, he didn't say all too much and his origin. And his origin explained away a lot of what happened and also how he came into contact with one uh, Tommy. Uh, uh, I forget what his last name is, but it's supposed to translate into Storm Shadow. Right. And so there, as in recent uh, recent years, there has been uh, the, in, in the IDW stuff. That's many guys is dead, but then they turn around and do another who was, I believe, also... Uh, former member of Cobra. Um, but then they make a female? And then they ended up... I, I don't think they killed that one. And then, yeah, the, the latest one is a female. Okay. Uh, and I believe she is Japanese. Definitely, I can't remember, actually. I haven't, I haven't really kept up with, with that right. one. So, yeah, well, so there is a... Well, I say, this is kind of like the whole Iron Fist thing. Where... Well, but what's funny is that I think a lot of people expected him as the OG ninja character that we all kind of fell in love with as a, as a fan. We all kind of expected him to be Asian. And then when the origin came out that he was a white dude that trained right. in Japan as a member of, um, you know, under the heart and the soft master. Look, I remember all this stuff. And then I'm it was cool. like, boo, why? And then you remember, right. you know, white. But at the same time, I was like, oh, whatever. You know, because at the time you're just like, okay. You know, yeah, um, you, you're young, you don't know anybody. It was like, yeah, he's still a badass character, even though he's exactly. not what you thought he was. Exactly, but, exactly. But now we know better. And right. so now, and I, I still objected when they had Ray Park, who was just a little too short to be Snake Eyes as uh, Snake Eyes. Well, yeah, and obviously we know why he got that part because of his right. martial arts status. So yeah, so yeah, but at the same time, that's kind of also like, well, Wolverine, two, you know, the Q, Q, whatever, uh, you know. Yeah, we went too short on Snake Eyes, too tall for Wolverine. We right. So we can't take an average. We can't take an inch, a couple inches here and there. You know, and it doesn't. And at at some point, some of that really doesn't matter all that much. In this case, I don't think it. I don't know how tall this short or this guy is, or whether he's even had any. 
Michael he's on the taller right. He's on the taller side. We don't know what kind of martial arts training he's had. Any, probably not. But um, but which, um, that's a stunt man, so it doesn't really matter at, at the end of the day. Right, but but ultimately, you know, they'll they'll just have to tweak the origin, and you know, the 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 heart, the, the the OG fans will know that it's not, you know, that uh, that it was supposed to be one way, but most people won't know. Yeah, I mean, they don't really have to do that much tweaking because the same thing, same. Yeah, just he's just he's just not a white guy anymore. But he would probably now, mind you, they will probably tweak it to where it's like, yeah, he was American born or something like that, more than likely. Right, and also that he's going to talk like a lot. <laughs> I, you know what? Well, he's going to talk a lot before the accident. This, this I'm, might, yeah, you know, this might be one of those things where he talks a lot before the accident. Even if they do the accident, yeah, you you might be right. You might be right on that part. Um, yeah, so that that part was probably because you know they can't you know with all the unmasking and, and the super the, the superhero identities getting unmasked on the MCU and DCU and all that kind of good mess on on the big screens. Like, yeah, they can't help themselves. From although, I feel like wait. Mm, there is something. There was somebody service that actually stayed. I can't remember what it was though. Like, cause you know, you like you see the stuff, and it's like, yeah, they unmask every few scenes, every other scene, so they could get some screen time. But I feel like there has been something. Uh, but I feel like there has been something of someone who basically kind of stayed in character and stayed, you know, just didn't have a problem Deadpool. with. Was it Deadpool? Oh, Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, maybe that was yeah, it. Deadpool. Deadpool's really the one. You know, once they once they put the mask on, they really you know they 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 did take it off at some point, right? But they did the majority of um, they did the majority of the movie with him with it on. And to be fair, you know there was another probably another reason for that, cause, you know, yeah. But yeah, but yeah, I guess uh, that is the one. So anyway, that's we've been that horse dead. Um, what's next? Buckaroo Banzai, really? Oh, jeez. Anyway, uh, Supergirl and Batwoman are the CW's finest. Uh, in new promo so yeah Supergirl won't be just teaming up with Batwoman in the woman in the Arrow vs. Upcoming Crisis on Infinite Earths event two series will both be fit you back to back in the CW Sunday night lineup this fall and there's a new promo for it I guess it blends both of those two shows or the you know well obviously Batwoman is not even out yet but uh, what, what little footage they have of her in the can already is probably going to be used with whatever they use for a Supergirl. And there you right. go. Oh, cool. I haven't watched this. So I have no idea. Yep. Next up, uh, there is a new look at Rose Wilson's Ravager revealed in not the Korean boy band BTS photos, <laughs> but in behind the scenes photos. No. I hate that acronym, man. <laughs> it has been kind of co-opted, huh? Uh, I just hate it. BTS. Every time I see a BTS uh, photo line, I'm like, no. All right, now you know the 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 BTS fandom is fandom is strong. Don't don't go down that road. Oh yeah, exactly. It's 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 akin to the Bayhive. So right. I'm not trying to I'm not trying to provoke the BTS. Yeah, don't fan. don't poke the bear. Don't. <laughs> no, 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 no. So yeah, so yeah, here's a. This looks like it's coming off of uh, Reddit, and it appears. I guess, yeah, so this is Chelsea T. Zhang as Rose Wilson, who is Ravager, a.k.a. Deathstroke's daughter, who, you know, originally is not Asian. I'm not going to quibble about this, because it doesn't really matter. Um, I don't know. I can't remember who's there playing Deathstroke. Is it Mang- Mang- uh, Manganello still? 
in not in the Titan show. Well, actually, this is Titan show because right because so somebody totally different. No, not yeah. for yeah, not the DCU. But regardless, so it doesn't really matter because yeah, they're supposed to be bringing in uh, Deathstroke and um, um, uh, Ken uh, in this season of Titans, which I still haven't caught up on. So hey, you know what? I'm she's all right. Yeah, I guess I don't know who that is, but. <laughs> Oh, you don't know who Rose Wilson is? No, I know who Rose Wilson is. Oh, I don't okay. know who the the, oh, the, the actress. The actress. Oh, wait, we have a sound effect for this, folks. This is what I get for looking ahead at the next uh, at the next story. Who? Thank you. Anyway, I'm sure she's done something that people know about, and we just out of the loop. Yeah, we don't mean disrespect. Exactly. We, but like Korath, we ask who. So, yeah, I mean, hey, walk Reddit. I'll catch up on Titans at some point. Next up, um. An update to previously reported stories. Crisis on Infinite Earths on the CW will not feature DC Universe's Titans. So uh, it was rumored that Titans from the DC U uh, app would cross over into the CW's Crisis on Infinite Earths arc. But apparently um, the sources have come back and said um, negative Ghost Rider, the pattern is full. <laughs> Um, I gotta get that. I gotta get that. Sure, sound get, get get your one in for the week. I, I, I appreciate it. Um, I gotta get that. You know, like uh, I, I'm always coming up with the new sounds. I gotta come up with. But yeah, that's not that's a that's a no go right there. So yeah, and this was again start off as rumored. Nothing, nothing, nothing was had nothing to base on on. But apparently, some people just like unfortunately CBR here, who's usually pretty, you know, pretty good about their you know going to going to print on some stuff. You know, uh, didn't put it as a report, but took it as fact, and yeah, they had to, to recant because of what they thought wasn't true. Never go for rumor sites, like you know. I mean, well, if you're a rumor site, do what you want, but you know, never report rumors as true, folks. That's it. It goes nowhere fast. Like unless you got some, even if you got something to bake it on, until it gets confirmed, you know, don't don't do it. Anyway. And I'm sure some people wanted. I don't know if I was. I'm fairly certain I wasn't one of the ones that thought that. Hey, this one, it was a good idea, and two was ever going to happen. I don't know how you feel about that. Yeah, yeah. I thought they were way too different for each other. So basically, like if you're going to do that, then why not? You know, I don't know. Just, I don't know. There's. I'm sure there's other things to to do outside of that. So anyway, uh, speaking of. And I'm happy I'm catching up with this. Young Justice Outsiders finally reveals Helga Jace's evil mentor. I'm not there yet. I'm not that far. Oh, okay. I was about to say, I just caught up on this. Uh, This came out this uh, Tuesday. Right. And um, I caught up yesterday. Right. Which, uh, and of course, the, the permalink. Of said this article has just spoiled it. For, well, not just spoiled it, but has spoiled it. Name. But I am also to the point to where I saw this character come up. So, or at least I've seen this character show up. So I'm kind of not surprised. I gotcha. So, and I won't spoil it for anyone who's not caught up for it. I don't know, mm-hmm. and I don't know the connection between them two. But I knew. Let's put it this way: I said on Twitter earlier, like I knew she was working. We, you knew she was working on some, some for somebody. It was. It was clear. And that I will just go ahead and say this: if you're not caught up, she plays somebody. She's playing somebody, or at the part where I am, uh, badly. And I feel sorry for that dude playing on this, playing on his emotions like that. But 
But you mm-hmm. saw it, you, but you saw it kind of coming, and I think you know who I'm talking about. Oh yeah, I watched it. I yeah, know. yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm talking about who she's who she's basically been playing for for the for the good length of time. Oh yeah, as a, as, as a stooge. Yes. Um, and it's sad. I'm like, oh man. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, so once that part, and I don't know if they've done that where you you don't have to say, but I don't know if they've gotten to that point yet. But yeah, I imagine since they're just bringing this up, I don't think so, because we're starting to get to the end of. Uh, the end of the season because and I guess they're going twenty six. I'm not sure. Hold on, I can tell you because because I know the last season was twenty, and this is episode twenty one. So they must be going twenty six for this. And I know they're also working on season four. So because we already talked about that, right? Young Justice is a great show. You should watch it. It's on DC Universe. I don't know if it's anywhere else or by the DVDs. Yeah, it's on the DC Universe app. That's kind of problematic for a lot of people. Well, yeah, exactly. Until, you know, well, whatever. Until it they make. one of the streaming services, right? Exactly. Because they're more likely they'll probably put that on that HBO Max thing. Probably. Anyway, right. let's move on. Yeah, 26. Yeah. Okay. 26, because yeah. Um, there's only, uh, next episode is 23, right. so um, there's 20, only four. You mean 22. Because that was 21. No, twenty two is this week's. Oh, twenty two just came out already. Oh, twenty. Yeah. Are they doing two at a time? No, twenty one came out last week. Oh, oh, right. Because I pulled that last one. Never mind. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This week's week. episode is twenty two, so there's four okay. more episodes left. Right. So. Okay. Sweet. And yeah, like I said, if they're doing a reveal like that, then clearly they they're coming to the end game of the the, the season. Yeah, there's a lot revealed in this in this episode. I won't spoil it, but there's yeah, a lot I don't doubt it because there's like where I'm at. They're basically I'm at basically at uh, when you see all of the teams get filled in to a point, mm-hmm. or we at least we find out some motivations. Which like, dang, didn't they get enough of that last season? But anyway, uh, next up, Wonder Woman next- Bloodlines. Oh. Yeah, Wonder Woman Bloodlines gets its first trailer. So this is the new uh, DC animated universe. Uh, offering. Uh, let's see. Is it going to be on DC Universe? I think it probably will. But anyway, um, so this is Blood Mo. Was it Woman Woman Blood Mine Bloodlines? It is going to be available on, you know, physical sources in all flavors and sizes for forty bucks and thirty bucks, or twenty five and forty bucks respectively, whatever, depending on what what combination you're going to get. Uh. And I don't think it says whether it's going to hit DC uh, Universe anytime soon. It will at some point. At some much point. Like, much like um, the Hush Batman. Just came. Hush. Right. Just the Hush just got there. Yeah. So, so yeah, you can check that out. Uh, on, right, it'll on be a short time. Right. As a matter of fact, uh, I will say, let's see, October 5th is going to be the digital coming out of this, um, of this product. And the 22nd, obviously, two weeks later. Is going to be the physical release, and there you, can, you can check out the trailer there for it. There you go. So next up, stop. There we go. All right. Next up, Game of Thrones creators' huge Netflix deal has absolutely done some good and killed off their uh, next HBO show called Confederate. I don't think it was that deal that killed it off. I'm gonna just go ahead and put that out there, and I'm not the only one who's thinking that. So, yeah, sure. It's yeah, they nice got a big, they got a bigger, better deal, but I'm pretty sure that character show was. It's a nice coinky dink. Sure. So it's uh, so according to the Hollywood Reporter, Weiss and Benioff's deal with the streaming giant is worth a whopping two hundred million dollars. <laughs> 
and ensures that the pair is going to bring multiple films and TV shows to Netflix. Yeah, I would argue if they're willing to do something like that last thing that they were talking about, I don't know if they deserve a deal on that. But that's just me. I, you know, I'm not going to be- well, I am going to begrudge people getting their money depending on how they do it. But, you know, it is what it is. We'll see what comes out of it. All right. And Game of Thrones fans will uh, <laughs> will have um, a, will take issue with them as well. So Sure, sure. Oh, for sure. And then I know they're still trying to do that prequel uh, or the other spinoff things of Game of Thrones. You know, milk it, as they say. Anyway, uh, speaking... Oh, no. Well, not speaking of milk. But last in cinematic news, oh, Garfield. Lasagna. That's what you're thinking. Oh man, I could go for some lasagna right now, but uh, and I'm not gonna do a Garfield voice. But Garfield sold to Viacom and Nickelodeon. So, which frees apparently, according to this article, and Jim Davis, who says, "I'm delighted that Garfield is going to be placed in the capable hands of the folks at Nick." Uh, Davis, uh, Davis, uh, they know how to entertain and will be great stewards for the franchise maybe that's true i don't know i'm also excited to continue to do the thing that gets me out of bed every morning the comic strip so yeah nice still doing and i would imagine so apparently i found out a while ago that pause inc was doing some numbers which is his the company you know the, the licenses license of uh, garfield and i guess us acres also um, which was Davis's company. So if he sold Paul, uh, Paul's Inc. to Viacom and they're in Nickelodeon, then yeah, he clearly still has the license to his character, obviously because it's his. Right. The the and that would also kind of explain why there's a Garfield Kart racer coming out. Uh, I didn't put it in. I don't think I I didn't put it in the news, but I know I saw that article recently. I'm I got like, it. Why? Yeah, they're better. They're better able to monetize mm. the character. I gotcha. Right, and especially since it's Nickelodeon, and because they do have their fair share of licensed goods outside right. of yeah, and they have you know distribution in terms of channels. So yeah, sure. Yeah. There was that other article that said that um, and I didn't put that in an article uh, that uh, Star Trek is the big thing would be the big big thing for Viacom and CBS's was it Viacom and CBS's merger? I think I can't remember, but regardless. Uh, Star Trek would be the thing that's going to be the big, big thing for for Viacom in that deal. Which I'm like, okay, maybe, maybe not. We'll see. Anyway, we are going to move along to the comic book news of the week fastly. D, uh, Jim Lee's Jim Lee says that DC's digital comic sales plateauing and disheartening, quote unquote. So, yeah, apparently DC's co-publisher, CCO Jim Lee, has opened up about the state of DC Comics' offering, including the publisher's DC Universe streaming service, which boasts a number of you already know what that is. And the quote says, on the digital side, I think it's been pretty flat in recent years. No surprise, that's me editorializing, which is a little disheartening. Uh, Lee told ICVU, IC version 2, whatever, about plateauing digital comic book sales. A lot is moving to subscription, and that is having a downward pressure on transactional sales, but I think it's discouraging in general because everyone talks about digital being the future. If there's anything that should continue to grow year in, year out, it should be that channel. It's interesting because I think one aspect is, you know, as much as we, as much as we kind of talk about the demise of the physical comic book, I think one factor 
it's not the sole factor. It's mm. one of many factors right. that is contributing, I think, to um, not wanting to necessarily go 100% digital is still the collectability factor. And I think that uh, comic book speculation is has has insidiously crept its way back into um you know some 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 popular you know it's it's crept its way back into popular thinking right i mean like i said it's just one factor right some would argue it's never really left it's just like right it's been right there under the surface for the longest time because this is not the first time some a similar story like this has happened and a proposed decline of comics and and therein is you know has been nigh or imminent right for years upon years since hell since both of us have been collecting uh so yeah you know but i mean granted digital different wrinkle different time but still some 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 beats are still the same right it's just interesting to see how the market is adjusting to um, you know, the, the original thought was always that the movies would drive people into buying um, right. comics. That necessarily hasn't been the case. And has never been the actual case. But it's also, but what's funny is that the movies have driven collectors into speculation. Right. And speculation on what might become the next hot book. So it's, it's, it's made a subtle change to the collecting landscape. Which is why it has some people collecting crazy runs of a very not good Chuck Austin X-Men book <laughs> and speculation of not to go back on that horse again, but that's anyway. funny. Yeah. Shout anyway. out to classic Syria. Indeed. Next up. All right. Next up. Dan DiDio is concerned about, uh, supposed nostalgia driving the comic book market. I sort of understand where he's coming from because mm-hmm. what he was concerned about is that, uh, some new books were being outsold by the uh, the facsimile editions of older books of classic issues that uh, DC and Marvel are actually both issuing, right? Nowadays, yeah, and I, and that kind of took this a slightly different way, uh, even though I didn't fully read this article because you know there are let's say some folks who don't like change and think that. You know, the comics should be that the same as what they've always been, and the characters should not change that much or grow in any length. And I, granted, that's not—he's not saying that's just me saying that. So, right, exactly. Yeah. That's that's definitely uh, not. I, I did not read Didio's Didio's take that way. But Again, yeah. like I said, I read into that. So yeah, but and you know, I definitely think that's an aspect of it. Right, you know, there's definitely an aspect of it. It's unfortunate people are stupid, yeah. and uh, but at the same time, I sympathize because you know Snake Eyes was blonde. And- <laughs> well, yeah, well, you know, so, I would think you'd be happy that it would be you know a, a person of an, of an and granted, that's yeah, it's not funny, the right, I, of Asian descent, right. right? You would think so, you would think so, but I I read it. And I grew up with it, so I'm like, okay, fine. I agree. I agree. I mean, I, I agree and understand all that. Like, you know, my horse in the race is, you know, is similar, but I, I'm like, okay, whatever. It did, yeah. you know. Right. And what's funny is that because I, I I followed up on some of the story afterwards, a lot of the Storm Shadows Snake Eyes stuff, not to loop back all the way back into this, was about him being a foreigner. Right. 
you know, and, and, and a lot of the story elements were based on that. So Which that's, he still you know, could be because, like I said, they could make him still make him American born. And that, right. regardless exactly. of whether he's they, Asian don't need to, right. And they also don't need to follow the exact story that was in the comics. So. Right. Right. And so, which you know they weren't going to do anyway. So, right. although it's actually not that hard to do because it actually is a well, it's 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 unfortunately it's kind a of well-known a well trope. Yeah, yeah. I was about to say it's a trope and it's kind of like American ninja stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> shout or, out, to, shout out to to that series of movies or any other of the yeah of the time frame. Yeah, definitely. Right. Um. So yeah. Anyway, moving right along. Uh, up. The shade materializes in Hawkman number fifteen, which is actually kind of weird because the the episode of Young Justice that I just finished watching had the shade in it, um, so that's kind of funny. Uh, so yeah, Carter Hall may need help from the shade, which is a villain, classically, uh, against an old enemy in this preview of August fourteenth, Hawkman number one. Wait, I thought Hawkman. Wait, what? Oh, that must be a typo. It's Hawkman fifteen. I'm sorry, that's a typo. <laughs> Damn it, Newsarama. Anyway, so yeah, um, this is follow up after the uh, day, of the vil- day of the villain stuff. So, which I'm sure that's a problem. I didn't know. Actually, I did know, but it's still weird that Hawkman actually has a book, current book. But hey, if you care about preview pages, there it is. Moving right along. I was about to say, there's fans of Hawkman out there. Oh, yeah, totally. Hey, I'm a more of a Hawk woman, Hawk girl fan, but you know, that's just. Yeah. Well, yeah, I was about to say, like, it, it, it kind of depends on whether your real introduction to the character was from the Justice, Justice League, League cartoon. Yep, totally. And if that's well, what it was. Actually, I knew about, and yeah, I mean, I, this, I, no, oh, I mean, like, the real, movie, but like, yes, but. Introduction. Right, yes, right. You, you, you know, not just as, like, a side character in, like, the background of a Justice League comic. Well, I want to say, I one, so when I was little, like, Justice League and Batman was, like, the books that were being collected around me and there was also and Hawkman was also one of those books and I think actually all of like Superman Aquaman all of those because there was more DC focus with people around me at that time so I was like I read some of that stuff but yeah. I gotcha I mean I don't remember much of Hawkman Hawk World stuff like from like the early 90s late 80s right um that you know, that my my understanding of the character and the, and the character's history was very very slim. Right, and, and it changes just like Carol's did. <laughs> a lot. Right, and uh, but at least you saw um, Ms. Marvel, um, Carol Danvers, kind of uh, re-enter something resembling a center stage when they uh, re they had her rejoin the Avengers and. Uh, Heroes Reborn, and they still kept changing her because she changed not only because yeah because that was also when they had her like alcoholic and right exactly and changing exactly. into Warbird and all the kind of stuff exactly you know? exactly so, exactly so but anyway enough about Hawkman that was a bad time <laughs> Carter Hall and Qatar Hole and yes Shaira man I didn't even know all that stuff so yeah but um but anyway uh, next up in yeah books Kendra kids. now which, so you know. right in books for kids. Um, this is like a, what is this, a novel? Like a kid's novel? Um, or a kid's graphic novel? I believe it's a graphic novel. Okay, so it's a kid's graphic novel, I a think? A trilogy, uh, one of a trilogy, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, it is. Right, so this is something that published this week um, from Amulet Books. Um, it is a crossover between The Flash and Green Arrow. So, uh... You know, everyone go out and see if you can't track this down. Because, you know, uh, the Arrowverse is a thing, and therefore, you know... I mean, not saying that this is not the... Obviously, that's not the 
primary time that they have teamed up together because it's not. But right, I'm just saying, it just so happens that their their team up being prevalent in the Arrowverse was one of many, you know, and right. still so. Um, but wait, does it? It doesn't say whether it is uh, it is pros or not. That's what I was trying to look up. <laughs> I was like, I can't tell. Yeah. So, and that was the thing. But I, but uh, so this could be me assuming that it's a graphic novel and not prose. Um, I don't know. And I would have to actually look it up. I would disagree. I think it might be prose. It might be. I mean, it's because it's not only, the wrong author, possibility. only an author is listed. I don't see. Uh, well, yeah, there is that art credits. True. So, yeah, that's. Good deducting, Sherlock. But you know, it is what it is. If you if you care enough, indubitably <laughs> nice. Um, so yeah, if you care to check it out, you can go do that. I'm not going to go into the, the premise of it because you know. And another thing, I'm fairly certain it doesn't have anything to do with their actual first crossover. But mm, otherwise, uh, next up, so. I was about to say next up, your uh, the, the 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 news story, something we were discussing with PCN underscore Dirt before he left for the day. Indeed, yeah, this is what he was basically alluding to the whole that the, 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 the whole thing. Next week, Supergirl, Superman fourteen, and this week, girl. <laughs> oh yeah, this week, Superman fourteen or was to be, and Supergirl thirty three recalled, pushing back Legion of Who Superheroes Return. So, which was which is uh, Bendis' book, The Legion of Superheroes. Uh, so, yeah, uh, apparently um, DC is asking, asking retailers to destroy all copies of uh, August 14th, Superman number 14 and Supergirl number 33. You may or may not have seen a copy of one of those books at the beginning of the show. That has destroyed, of course. You know Exactly. It's destroyed. It it's destroyed. destroyed. Yes. I mean... <laughs> So, or yeah. was it mm, uh, officially ha. Uh, due to <laughs> advanced production schedules the covers of both issues un- ultimately did not reflect the content of the stories which I think Dirt may have mentioned that uh, if not then then before we started but DC told the retailers uh, replacement copies with the new covers will be provided at no cost to retailers so I am fairly certain there are some retailers that have held copies of both of those books and those books are probably going to sell for a fairly decent penny. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm overthinking it. Maybe not. But you know, just usually how the way the, the the market works. Sure, supply and demand. These the supply is supposed to be very small, but right. you can't get these because they were supposed to be destroyed. But somehow, a, a few hundred of them are on eBay. Of course. So. Yeah. Anyway, so that's the thing. Uh, again, I don't know if no one on the panel is reading actually reading either one of those books. Yeah, well, not re- not steadily exactly. We're reading them as part of our review purposes. I don't think anybody's doing that. Who's reading Supergirl? I don't know about Supergirl, but Superman. I definitely skim here and there. And I and as the one who used to actually read Supergirl for a brief minute, hey, and it was it was a good book. I'm not reading it. So. Okay. Anyway, um, next up. Next up, Greg Capullo has re-signed as an exclusive uh, artist with DC and is plotting the biggest adventure yet with Scott Snyder. So Greg Capullo, formerly of X-Force, long ago and Spawn, now... Uh, Way long ago. 
Yes, and now um, is most well known for his uh, long run on Batman with Scott Snyder. Has re-upped with DC and uh, more Scott Snyder stuff to follow with uh, you know as a as a collaboration. Hmm. And also, Capullo always some some strange reason puts me in mind of Tom Morello. So that's weird to me. Yeah. Um, but anyway, and no news on whether this is an exclusive. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, I see that now. Yeah. Um, so I would doubt it because I would have, I feel like DC or somebody would have been like, Hey, or then would have been like, Hey, 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 <laughs> we got this Joker locks like a barrel. What? Um, which, wait, when was the last time he done anything from Marvel or any, I mean, we know he's, you know, he's, it's been a long time. Right. So I, you know, even if it's not exclusive, I'm pretty sure he's, you know, probably there for a minute. Uh, so Yeah. That's the yeah, he's been in DC since 2011 when right. uh, the Snyder run started. Right. So, yeah, there you go. Uh, next up, deceased writer Tom Taylor on why he chose to kill Spoiler so early. Uh, and I'm just going to go ahead before even saying the actual reason is because, hey, to give the book a, a, an actual chance to breathe and be a book. So basically, um, if you did not know, and uh, spoiler alert for uh, a four-issue old book, but um, in Deceased, there was a, there was, there was a what I'll just go ahead and say a, a zombie apocalypse, pretty much. You know, I'm not going to go back to it because we talked about it last week. But Batman dies in the first issue because uh, well, if he we didn't hadn't, away, but yeah, no, we didn't. Of... Yeah, we totally didn't give it away. But you know, I mean, we no, didn't no, give it away. Not, no, but he doesn't. He doesn't die right away. I don't think in the first issue. I think. Well, it's, yeah, because it's prolonged into the second issue. But it's yeah, prolonged into the second issue. Yes, but still, right? You know, he's taken out early, and 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 uh, the story's about why. Exactly, and I suspect, given what I just said, is probably not that far. Even if it's not said, you know, it's, I feel like it's probably uh, similar. Anyway, but it. it um, is according to Taylor, it hinges on moments and who I want to see survive. Uh, as soon as people start hearing about this, everyone just assumed that Black Batman would come and have some sort of plan, which is basically what I was saying, and save the day. Sorry, we killed him at the end of issue in the end of issue one. So, uh, and it also goes on to say, is we want to destroy expectations with this book and have some real shocks and real stakes, and boy, have they. Uh, Taylor said, we didn't want to fall into any of those comfort zones that people may have seen in DC Comics before. Even the Trinity is safe, and boy, is that true also, <laughs> given this last issue. Um, in this book, anyone can be taken off the table. Now, Tom Taylor is no stranger to this, being uh, the writer uh, purveyor of the Injustice series. And yeah, people got dealt with yep. in, in those books, which if you haven't checked those out, especially like the first couple of arcs, and you only know about it from the video game, you should definitely go check out that first couple of arcs. Because the video game, if I'm not mistaken, came before the book. I always get that mixed up. It doesn't really matter at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, that's that. Next. So, um, from the pages of Dark Knight's Metal, the Dark Multiverse is con- going to continue to affect... Um, DC's comic book world, they're actually going to cross into some of the most memorable events in DC's comic book history. So, um, what is this? I know that uh, it's there's supposed to be some Shazam-related stuff in this, right? Uh, not, 
Well, they're basically doing Blackest Night in Infinite Crisis. So they're basically going oh, back okay. to those universes. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Um, and, you know, and whatever happened in Dark, or the Dark Multiverse is going to far reach into those um, multiverses. CC. Gotcha. So that's that's the gist of it. And there, these both are one shots. There's Tales from the Dark, Tales from the Oh, Tales from the Dark Multiverse, Black as Night, uh, and Tales from the Dark Multiverse, Infinite Crisis Number One. Both one shots. Uh, one written by Tim Seeley, other written by James Tinian the Fourth, and artists Cal uh, Holt Hotz and Aaron Lopresti. Okay. So you can find both of those books in November for six bucks. And this looks like they are um, reprinting the original first issues of both of those uh, events around the same time for a dollar. Or you could just go look them up on Comixology or DC Universe if you have said thing. Because I think they have, I'm fairly certain they have those there. May or may not be in full, but who knows. Uh, anyway, seven day trial, folks. Uh, next up, Sad news, legendary comics artist Ernie Cologne passes away at 88. Um, this happened on the 9th, I believe. Last Friday? Yeah. Yes, that is true. Um, famously, or at least famously for, for me anyway, he is the co-creator of Damage Control with Dwayne McDuffie. Also, rest in peace. But he's also... Um, co-created Amethyst for DC Comics uh, and a bunch of other stuff he's actually done. He, I, uh, he also... Let me see. Let's see da, da. Yeah, he did a stint on the the Marvel version of Battlestar Galactica back in Insight in 79. Uh, co-created Eric, Son of Thunder, Amethyst, per mentioned. Also did a lot of work on Flash, Wonder Woman, and Green Lantern during the 80s. Uh, going into uh, Damage Control with Dwayne McDuffie, Magnus, the Robot Fighter... And also, which I did not know this part, but he was doing basically graphic um, renditions, graphic artists renditions of uh, the commission, the nine eleven commission report for folks, and the Warren Commission reports on the assassination of John F. Kennedy. Oh, okay. So we could have used them for the the Mueller report, I suppose. Maybe yeah, he's doing but, that. Uh, it seems know. like he lived a, a long and fruitful life, so exactly. uh, rest power. Exactly. Oh, yeah. He also did work on uh, Vampirella, Creepy, and Eerie. Those anthology books, if you know those. And a bunch of other books. Oh, yeah. The Starline books. I forgot. Like Richie Rich and Casper and probably Planetary. I think he did a lot of stuff on or in the Harvey books, rather, not the Star books. I think he thought, think he did some stuff with, with Star Comics, which was Marvel's uh, Kids Imprint. Right. Shout that. out to. Peter Porker. Yes. Oh, yeah. Peter Porker was a part of that line. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. But anyway, rest in, rest in power, Mr. Clone. All uh, right. Uh, the Deep and Dark Blue explores a trans character through familiar but inverted trope. This is um, a fantasy graphic novel created by uh, writer-artist Nikki Smith. Uh, I'm trying to see who this is published through. Through, uh, it's going to be a January 2020 release through Little Brown Books for young readers. And uh, the trope, the reversal of the trope is a uh, boy is going to disguise himself as a girl and hijinks will ensue. Hmm. 
cool. So, yes. Check that out if you are so inclined. Um, Pretty Deadly, The Rat, number one, gets silent film style trailer. The com- trailer for comic books is a weird thing that's been happening in the last few years. Um, but yes. Well, it's, it's one of those things that, uh, that, that, that you yourself is always decried about uh, what, uh, you know, the, 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 the big two don't do, which is market their books. True. This is just another way to market their books. True. You're right. But... You know, it's just still weird to do it in this fashion, which, you know what, I ain't mad at it. I'm just, just pointing it so, out. I was going to say, it's an easy way to spread via social media, though, and I think maybe or that's Or TV, because what... apparently um, somebody said they saw a DC book or something that was on, um, was it was it King's book? So I can't remember who it was, but it was a, a commercial uh, for somebody's comic with them on it, on TV. So apparently but, some of that stuff hey, makes think... its way. Yeah. I think that's an untapped uh that's an untapped uh what you call it resource uh, resource there advertising sure. through social media mm-hmm. uh, for comics on a, on a weekly basis. Yeah, totally. Um so cool. But yeah, so basically and that also goes into saying, hey, guess what? Pretty Daily is back with uh Kelly Sue DeClanick and Emma Rios. Uh the first, it's a five issue run that will come out uh, September 4th of this year. So, cool. good to see that book back for those who are fans. Um, excuse me, next, next up. up. Next up, feel the magic, hear the roar. Thundercats classics figures are back and better than ever. Nice. So, um, Super 7 uh, is um, redoing... Uh, Thundercats classics, um, the, much the same way they did Masters of the Universe mm-hmm. classics. These are bigger and better, and I, I happen to see um, these figures. It's kind of weird that they chose the um, the Wimpy Mumra as uh, as one of their first four figures to do. Yeah. But um, it's, it's, it's at some point, so. Yeah, I was about to say, the first four figures are pretty cool, though, because there's a Mumra, a Lion-O, a Panthro, and a Monk... Uh, no, it's not Monkey, and it's... Um... Slide. No. Oh, it's not Slide. It's the um, the Hyena guy. You know, I always forget him. Um... Yeah, exactly. I don't remember his name. Oh, wait. Here we go. Uh, well, no, no, it's not it either. So it says... Tigra, Chitara, Mumra... Oh, Jackalman. Jackalman. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Duh. Hyena guy. Oh. Shout out to my bad memory. Yeah, well, hell, mine's too. Huh, that's an interesting picture underneath that. Um, I was going to ask, did you see the re- the re- the redo of Thundercats? The cartoon? Yeah. From like a few years back? Yeah. I saw some of it. Did you? How'd you like it? It was okay. I mean, obviously, you know, the modernized uh, the modernized look was a little off-putting, but I thought it was okay. Tiger had a freaking gun, yo. Um, that I don't remember. Oh, oh, I totally remember because he was like, <laughs> I'm like, I don't like it was. Uh, I just remember the stories with the Robert Burbles. I'm like, oh my god, Robert Burbles are still here. Oh yeah, yeah. I guess, oh yeah, I think that might be where I left off at. I need to go and finish that. But yeah, so basically, it was. Um, if you haven't seen it, I want to say it's the spectacular Spider-Man of Thundercats, but that might not be accurate. Um, and actually, it's totally not accurate because this was a, a fairly big redo. So basically. Uh, Lionel and Tiger were brothers or you know, stepbrothers 
uh, Chitaro was like a cleric and a guard of sorts, so, so, you know, and everything wasn't exactly how you knew it to be if you were a fan right. of the, the, if you remember the, 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 the 80s version. Yeah, they changed a lot of the relationships. So. Yeah, it was still, a, it, it was interesting, but it was like, it's that first, especially if you of a fan of the 80s version, it was like, wow, this is different. <laughs> like, I don't know how I feel about this. I gotcha. And again, Tiger had a gun. What's going on? He still had the whip, but he had a gun. Hey. Anyway, let us move past this. Um, so yeah, those figures are out there. I, I, yeah, you I, got next. Yeah, I know. Just getting back to where we were. Um, let's see. And that wasn't it. Stupid auto plans. I'm <laughs> going to start abandoning stupid sites. Um, Marvel Legends designers break down. So I think I put this one here for you. Marvel's Legends designers breakdown process of releasing new versions of characters. So this was. Um, yeah, this is basically, you know, Hasbro just brought out a whole bunch of new figures and um, the comicbook.com, which I shouldn't even give them, gave them that, uh, was at an event and they they uh, interviewed the brand manager and, you know, the which is the, what that autoplaying video was starting. I hate autoplaying videos. Stop that. I know why you do it. You're not, y'all not slick. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty sure there's probably uh, an extension that'll stop that, but I'm too lazy to, to go that route. Anyway, so if you are so inclined and want to know about the process of them doing new figures, you can go check that, that out. Next. All right. Uh, Marvel Comics celebrates its 80th birthday with a month of events and releases. So in just a few weeks, Marvel's going to kick off its official birthday festivities. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So its birthday is officially on August 31st, and uh, that's the day that Marvel Comics number one came out, and uh, there's a lot of stuff coming out in the next month. Sadly, we will have um, recorded a couple of days prior to that. I was rather be like, let's get some blooms and some strawberries. Let's do it up. Of course, we would. Oh, we can always do an early birthday celebration. And no, because if we start doing that, we'd have to do that for all of them, and I'm not doing that. <laughs> ah. <laughs> Because there would be somebody, and then nobody would do this. Well, nobody has done this. But it'd be like, well, y'all doing Marvel without DC or without Valiant or without Arctic Press or whatever the other racist exactly. one is. Exactly. Um, anyway, so yeah, happy birthday, Marvel. Anniversary, I guess. Birthday, same thing. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cosmic Ghost Rider just retconned a major crossover event. <laughs> and looking at the, um, the permalink for this, um, interesting. So it says here that the last uh, issue of Cosmic Ghost Rider destroys the Marvel Universe, which probably is not canon. So, um, the Verges, well, it basically says that. So, original sin maybe didn't happen. Or not the way we remembered it. Right. So, yeah, so Frank Castle interfered with a major Marvel crossover, that being the one I just mentioned, potentially changing the fate of a major character as a result. Uh, so, yeah. What does that mean for the overall continuity? Nothing. Mm-hmm. Well, let's actually, well, actually, maybe, well, I don't know, because I think this was a side thing, even though cause Cosmic Ghost Rider is or was in, like, prime universe so 
I, I, I don't know. Whatever. If, if if something comes out of that, I'll I'll be shocked. I don't think it is. Next up. Alrighty. Next up um, is a story about Eric Larson on his long-awaited return to Spider-Man in the pages of Amazing Spider-Man: Going Big, Number One, which is going to come out um, September fourth. Mm-hmm. So it's a big one-shot as part of the 80th. Uh, anniversary, uh, 80th birthday uh, celebration. And if you're watching the video, you can see the cover, I believe, of said book, which slightly reminds, and I think this is, yeah, Eric Larson did the cover of this, uh, which is weirdly reminded me of of Electric Company Spider-Man. I was going to say, this is probably one of many covers. Yeah, and he's also shooting a beam out of it. No, I'm just kidding. Let me stop. Ah! He's not. That's just perspective and yeah. Anywho, uh, let's see. Marvel's Scream gets her own ongoing, but who are they now? I'm going to say, who cares now? That's my two cents on it. So yeah, apparently, um, Scream, which is a Venom, uh, another offshoot of a Venom symbiote, is going to get her own uh, ongoing title. Uh, launching this November with writer Clay McLeod Chapman and Chris Mooneyham spinning off of the screen, screening off of uh, Absolute Carnage and Scream tie-in books. No word on whether it's going to be the current iteration of She Venom, who has just changed her name to Scream, I guess. Am I wrong for not giving to care about any of these symbiotes? Like, okay, the first one was cool and it served its purpose, but really... Did it really need to spin out in all of this? I mean, what are you going to do? Not read them, one. But, um... No, I mean, it's a whole... I was about to say, it's a whole event that I don't think any of us are interested in looking at. I think I read Absolute Carnage number one as part of our, um, you know, uh, you know, for academic review purposes. Sure. But I'm not, I'm not uh, you know, I'm not eagerly anticipating the next issue, so... Right. It's an event of, some would argue aping an event they've already done maybe not to the leather but still <laughs> well yeah exactly that, that that is absolutely true so anyway thompson and bacalo crowned uh as new deadpool created creative team oh so and the reason why i'm like oh is that i i love bacalo's crazy artwork and you know that it's going to be on a deadpool book is mm-hmm. just kind of like a waste of resources in my opinion but you know a lot of deadpool fans will disagree well yeah well uh, never mind that's hmm. anyway so yeah um so this is kelly thompson and chris bacalo yes and as a matter of fact she yes uh, went on her twitter when she when after this came out and and you know well not confirmed because it was already confirmed but yeah when when she, she tweeted about it so i guess good for her uh, good for them, but I don't care. Let's move on. Uh, Marvel's Avengers. Actually, no, this is your story. Uh-huh. Marvel's Avengers heading on epic space adventure, quote-unquote, this November. Like the Fast and the Furious. I'm kidding. Oh, I mean, eventually they will be going to space. Sure. Um, so it looks like we're going to see a slight change in team. And it looks like they're going to go into space to go refine the, uni- the new universe. Actually, that's not true. That's not true at all. Well, we don't know, because apparently... Um, so, from the Free Comic Day uh, 
event, we are lacking one less uh, star brand. And apparently uh, in Avengers, some the, the signal is going to go out, not unlike a Green Lantern ring, and find a new uh, host. And the Avengers need to go to space to find out who or what is going to get that. Because as, as stated and uh, rebranded in Hickman's uh, Avengers run, uh, Starbrand is the Earth's defense force. So why is it activating your way out in space? Dun, dun, dun. Exactly. Exactly. And if you're watching the uh, video, you can see the cover of, I don't know what issue this is going to be, but uh, you can see various hands of Alien Origin with the Starbrand logo. Now, they could be in a club and they all just got tatted up at the same time, or maybe <laughs> the Starbrand got split up and it's, you know, various agents will have it. They have to go on a quest to beat down folks and get it back. I don't know. But yeah, and also, like the judging uh, on this cover, we see one Black Widow is going to be quote unquote alive, which she's been alive, but, but back on the team, sharing the stage with uh, most of the others. I think we're lacking one Iron Man and one Panther, uh, according to this. But it looks like everybody else is going to be there. So she'll be fighting alongside the person who killed her again. Yeah. Oh, uh, Avengers number 27, which is, yeah. Um, and I guess whenever uh, November solicits come out, we'll see a little bit. Well, they already have it in this article, but regardless. Sure. Yeah. So, yeah, that's going to be the thing that's coming up. I and mean, it's probably one of those ones that's been alluded to forever and a day through various books in the past, you know, couple of, uh, couple of months. Um, but, yeah, we'll see. Next up. All righty. Web of Black Widow is going to be um, a series that starts on September 4th. It's going to be kind of a year one type story. Um, Actually, no, I don't think it's a year one type story, but this this is a description about a a year one type background. So she's basically, it sounds like she's a flashback or she's going to be flashing back to her early days during the course of this. And of course, Bucky's going to be there. So, yeah, kind of reestablishing um, the romance that uh, Brubaker established in um, the Winter Soldier book, mm-hmm. and in the Black and, and in the the in one version of the Black Widow series, right? But not in the MCU, strangely enough. Which, right. I'm not saying that has to be the case, but but yeah, that's what some folks were expecting. We don't, we don't know yet. There is still a Black Widow movie coming out. Well, yeah. Um, I don't know. I feel like they would have at least teased it to that. Yeah, at some yeah. point, because they, I don't think they've really had that much screen time together. I mean, even in you know the Captain America movies. So well, they were fighting each other in the Captain America movies. Yeah, and I think that was it though. But it was like just for that, that, that one, and mm-hmm. ever since then, no, nothing. Yeah, they were fighting each other all the way through uh, Civil War. Yeah, and uh, yeah, and that was it. Yep. And they weren't, and they weren't even fighting each other because remember uh, when Soldier went out to Spidey? No, Falcon. no, in Civil War, um, mm-hmm. and the Winter Soldier breaks out. Wait, are you you not talking about Winter Soldier? No, no, no. Um, I'm talking about in Civil War, both. 
Panther, no, all the three of them, Panther, Sharon Carter, uh, Panther, Widow, and Sharon Carter go after. Oh, you're talking about in the Soldier. beginning. Uh, yeah, they go after the Winter Soldier, and they both, they all three of them get right. after him. Right, right, right. Yeah, you're talking about then. I was talking about later. Right. But yeah. Right. Although, wait, Natasha wasn't in that. Yeah. I mean, she, she was. Tried to head, she tried to do the head scissors and. Uh, oh, wait, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because Tony was there and he wasn't. Yeah, yeah. So, but but when they went to the chase, she wasn't. Yeah, she right. was there to begin. That's right. You're right. You're right. So anyway, the, I was about to say my 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 faulty memory has repaired itself. No, no, you're, yeah, you're right. But no, we were thinking about two parts of the movie, two different parts of the yeah, movie, anyway. Exactly. So, uh, anywho's next up. Speaking of Cap, uh, Captain America twelve pushed back six weeks, a uh, sixth week. Excuse me. So right, well, two weeks late. Right. So this has been pushed, and then it's been pushed again. Uh, it was originally elicited was June nineteenth, but now it's going to be um, August twenty first. Wait, rescheduled four times. Oh yeah, June nineteenth release has been rescheduled four times and and comes after issue seven through eleven. We're also pushed back due to the originally planned release dates, uh, thirteen and fourteen. Uh, remain on schedule for August twenty first. And September 18th consecutively, and it looks like, yeah, the July 24th is when 12 is going to come out. Right. And you wonder if it's, if it's just the, uh, the case of maybe an exercised issue, because this is the last issue in the current Captain, Nothing, Captain of Nothing arc. Right. So it might be the, the case that they are churning out extra pages for this book. Sure. Maybe. We don't know. But, yeah. No other reason has been given, so... We'll go with that until we figure out, until we find out something else. Uh, next, Darth Vader and son artist Jeffrey Brown on bringing his childhood glee to Star Wars sequel movies. So, um, what is this, a kid's book? Yeah. So, son and its three follow ups Vader's Little Princess, Good Night Darth Vader, and Darth Vader and Friends. Yeah, okay. I think I've seen at least one of these books. They're cute. Um, so, yeah, they're basically kid versions, not not unlike uh, Tiny Titans, but not really um, versions. And so, yeah, I guess now he's doing, in addition to those books that previously mentioned that he's done, he's going to be doing uh, some that span the newer. Uh, sequels. So there's going to be a Ray and Pals. Um, is that it? Uh, yeah, that's the one. But there must be another one. There's probably another one, but I think this is the start of it. And you can see the cover of it if you're watching the video. Including, which is weird, Holdles there and Oporg and whatever. So yeah, if you got kids, or even if you're a big kid, because I know there are some adult uh, Star Wars fans that will definitely get those that book. Sure. Um, anyway, last but not least. Oh, uh, the force is strong with these <laughs> summertime activities. So this has nothing to do with comic books at all, but this is basically saying, hey, get out, go outside a little bit. You know, enjoy some stuff. So this is a, uh, an article on StarWars.com that basically um, highlights some... Jedi slash Force type activities that uh, could be done outside, uh, you know, under the the, the day ball that uh, you and your kids could could do for some fun, which includes uh, 
tossing around a balloon and acting like you got the force. Uh, getting one of those big sponge things that pull noodles and making a lightsaber out of it. Uh, and do some force training and, you know, a couple other things. So, yeah. You, know, you can check that out in the show notes. Okay. And with that, our last ad read, please, sir. Yes, we will finish up tonight with our read when it's late and we're in a hurry. Keep our podcast free by shopping at Amazon. Visit cspn.us, then click the Keep Our Podcast Free link at the top of the page. From there, scroll down and click on the Amazon link to shop. Purchase items from Amazon as you normally would, whether it's books, music, electronics, jewelry, apparel, and comics. For every purchase made on Amazon through our link, Amazon sends the CSPN a payment that helps us keep the Comic Book Chronicles free for our listeners at no extra cost to you. Amazon.com through CSPN.us. Do it today. And with that, we come to another great episode of this Here Come Book Chronicles show. Thank you each and every last one of you for coming out and hanging with us, whether it be by video or audio, or whenever that, whichever way that should be. Appreciate you. Um, for myself, Rodicat, at Rodicat and Rodicat, blah, 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 blah. Why am I sound like Forger? Jeez. Um, <laughs> no, he's in a hurry to watch uh, the latest episodes <laughs> of uh, Forger. Is Forger. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, Rodicat on Twitter, News News Need on Twitter, uh, CB Caps on Instagram, News News Needs Reddit. underscore 70 on Twitter and Instagram. PC Nunscore Dirt on Twitter, uh, Pop Culture Net on Twitter, popculturenetwork.com, and all of his umbrella sites therein. And the Osiris it is ish. Tim D O G G 9 8 on Twitter, The Click Nation, that's D K L I Q N A T I O N on Twitter, CB Cron on Twitter, TheClickNation.com, and of course, Comic Book Resources was over there writing his face off. And not writing face off because we don't need another sequel to that stupid movie. If you want a John Woo movie, hold on. If you want a John Woo movie, The Killer, A Better Tomorrow, those are classics, damn it. Okay. I would almost go so far as to say Mission Impossible 2, but I know people hate that movie and it's not really... I mean, it's not not that great of a John Woo movie either. Yeah, it's not that representative of his greater body of work. Mm -hmm, Exactly. So, anyway, with that all out of the way, you can find this here podcast at the Cold Flizzard Podcast Network, cspn.us. Do it today! Uh, Also on Google Play, Apple iTunes, uh, uh, for as long as iTunes is going to be around, Spotify. Yes, uh, yeah, I think I thought I said that, but I did. Maybe not. Um, Spotify and, of course, the Coastal of the Podcast Network's SoundCloud page. And you can find us here every Thursday. Well, mostly every Thursday night, nine ish, nine thirtyish p.m. when we start recording we've gotten our gremlins mostly out of the way yeah. so ooh, that doesn't mean that we're still not going to tie um oh oh this is not good that doesn't necessarily mean that we 
will or will not uh, start around the same time. But hey, we will give the old college a try. But regardless, you can always catch the audio the next day um, whenever the, the network puts it out. All righty. Sometimes on a Friday, sometimes on Saturday. <laughs> that, folks, um, this has been the Click Nation's Crumble Chronicles. Peace. Peace. One, we out.